What's up? This week's episode brought to you by Ranger Nutrition. Uh, Ranger Nutrition is a disabled veteran-owned company, uh, and they make all-natural sports nutrition products. Uh, they were founded by a retired Army Ranger uh, that was tired of uh, bad sports nutrition products. Uh, you know, most products taste bad. Uh, they make you jittery, uh, maybe a little nauseous at times. Uh, he, I know he found uh, this to be true. Uh, so he decided to do something about it. Uh, so he, along with a couple of his chemist buddies from uh, Berkeley University, uh, set out to uh, create supplements that not only tasted good, uh, but were healthy for you and didn't give you all those nasty side effects. Uh, but they developed everything from uh, protein powder. Uh, you don't need a shaker bottle to, to mix it up. Uh, they've developed uh, some weight loss supplements like Catalyst XT, uh, which works for about 95% of the people who take it. Um, I took it. I, it worked great. It's, it has the strongest appetite suppressant you can get uh, in in a product without having to have a prescription for it. Um, but since all of the products are all natural, uh, this gives you the option to combine products uh, to get even better results. Uh, the most popular combo, I, I say it every week because it is, and it's my favorite, is the Swole Combo. Uh, this is where you combine the Catalyst XT, the Nitro NO2, and the pre-workout drink Max Out, uh, which they do have back in stock now. Uh, so if you've been waiting on it, it is back in stock. Um, but you can go to uh, rangernutrition.com uh, to find out more about all these products. And uh, once you decide to buy, go ahead and use promo code SMUGCAST at checkout, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Uh, but that's Ranger Nutrition, designed for fitness warriors. Also, uh, My Easy Company, uh, they have a great Great business. I love it. Uh, I think it's a great idea. Uh, but they deal with care packages that you can customize to whatever you want to put in them. Uh, if you have a soldier overseas or uh, just a, you know the, your, your emergency services workers here in the States, uh, you can send them to them. Uh, you, like I said, you can customize. You can, you can pick a package if you want to. I know they, they have a few of those. I know they're working on some more. Uh, but you can, like I said, completely customize your package to send whatever you want to send. Uh, you know, as far as they have it on the site, I guess. Uh, but you can go to their website, uh, myeasycode.com. Use promo code SMUGCASH and you're going to get 10% off at checkout. Uh, also, Repo Records. Uh, they help us out with the audio each and every week. Uh, and that is who we have in the studio with us this week. Uh, they came in. I, I wanted to uh, to uh, do a do a show on sound because I had so many people uh, contact us and want to uh, you know want me to teach them you know what they needed to know about recording sound. They people seem to like our sound, uh, so I thought you know instead of trying to to tell each individual person or group uh, how to do it, I thought let's just do a show on it and at least they'll have something to reference. So. Uh, but that's Repo Records taking the music back. Um, like I said, we got Repo Records in studio this week. So if you don't want to listen to somebody talk about how to record sound, this is probably not a podcast you're going to enjoy listening to. So but anyway, that's it. Uh, this is Smugcast. <laughs> Yes, this is we're stuck in the goddamn jungle. Come on! This is Smugcast. Listen up. 
All right. Welcome to this week's episode of Smugcast. I am AP. Uh, with me, as always, the BJ. Hello, sir. Hello, fam. Fam. <laughs> <laughs> need to get out of the rap world while you're ahead. I can't, man. My flow is my flow is wicked. I, I'm 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 spitting rhymes daily. <laughs> Your flow is airtight. It is. It's airtight, man. All all three holes. That's what I heard. We uh, got a guest in the studio this week. Uh, you've heard us talk about them every single week since we started this podcast. Absolutely. Uh, we have, uh, I don't know what we're going to call him. I forgot to ask him. So we're just going to call him Ryan. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Ryan from Repo Records. Yay. How's it going? It is great. We uh, <clears throat> had a lot, of, uh, a lot of people contact us over the last, uh, oh, I would say probably four or five months. Um, asking for our help on uh, doing a podcast, recording sound, what to get, what to use, what not to use. And so uh, since um, I can't uh, speak to each individual group uh, all the time, I decided that we would make a podcast and teach you a little bit about sound. It's not all going to be about sound. We're still going to laugh and cut up and tell dick jokes, but yeah, we uh, have some, and we have yeah, we have a couple of viewer questions, and then we'll uh, then we're going to dive into uh, Repo Records and try awesome. to get, try to get some things awesome. here. The uh, but I have to tell you, I got pulled over the other yes, day. Yes, you did. And you 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 have yet to. You told me I got pulled over, and I said, "Cool, let me hear the story." And he says, "No, just, I'll tell it to you on the podcast." Just like the other, <laughs> uh, just like the other podcast, like the, when I got, I didn't tell you I got sick because I saved it for the show. Yeah, yeah, and you puked in your shirt. Yeah. I uh, I was heading home. It was like nine o'clock at night. I just stopped at McDonald's and grabbed a couple of McChickens, bacon mm. doubles. Yeah, and come over the railroad tracks in Greenwood, and all of a sudden I see the cops' light. So I pull over to the right, like I'm going home, and cop gets out. See, like I get nervous when I get pulled over. Not like black guy nervous. I get like, nervous too. I start looking to make sure I don't have any drugs in the car. But I get Jim Irsay nervous. Oh yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like sitting in the I have my backpack from yep. work, which has my medicine in it, and then I had two hundred twenty dollars in cash and in the seat. Well, that's not twenty thousand, but like he had, yeah. And then I had <laughs> my McDonald's bag sitting there, rolled up like it's like a brown bag. So yeah, I'm sitting there, yeah. there's cash, a brown bag, and a backpack. Yeah. So I'm thinking shit. So I turn the lights on and then roll down the window. Cop rolls up. He goes, "You know, I pulled you over." I was like, "No." He's like, "Well, uh, none of your headlights are working." <laughs> so and i'm like oh okay and i had a half eaten mcchicken like sitting like so i stopped eating it eating it and then and i was just sitting there so he's like um he's like uh you know what's going on with your lights i was like no and he's like he just sticks his hand in there just starts playing with my lights what like a real nice guy he's like oh let me see what's going on and he's like uh he's like can we get out and check it out so i get out and look at it and i was like oh i don't know what's going on He's like, yeah, and so I was like, I turned my brights on. He's like, oh, no, no, that'll work. That's fine. He goes, I noticed your plates were expired, too. And I was like, oh, I know. I was like, I have the registration in my backpack. Do you need to see it? No, I trust you. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) How how cold was it outside at that point in time? uh, No, I think it was one of the 30. It was 30 degrees. Oh, was it? So it was was real cold. He was just wanting to get back in the car. Well, he says, here, let me... um, let me get your license. Go ahead and sit back in the car. Let me get your license. And, you know, I'll get you a warning ticket. It's like, yeah. all right, no, I understand completely. So I, start, I keep eating my McChicken. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting, and I'm trying to film it. Like, I see him behind me, and I try to grab my phone. Yeah. But I couldn't get it to uh, do what I want to do because I wanted to get him when he come back up or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, so I'm sitting there eating the McChicken. And 
and then so he's like uh he's like no he's like here's your license brian he's like you know it's kind of what happens when you buy you know those type of cars that like you have and i was like what the fuck's that mean <laughs> he's like it's gonna be really expensive i've never i've never been able to buy one of these cars and he just starts doing one of these i'm what? like <laughs> like dude i'm eating mcdonald's it's not filet mignon right now yeah and he's trying to say because i drive a nice car yeah they like that's the reason why yeah but he didn't know warning ticket just let me go that's cool though. but but like you just said because i get nervous i do even though i have nothing wrong everything's legit i still get nervous oh yeah oh well fuck yeah man anytime still to this day and i haven't smoked pot or you know hardly anything for i don't know 12 13 years and um every time a cop goes past me i look in the rearview mirror or look in the side mirror i'm like shit don't turn around. happened yesterday too when i was up on keystone oh uh, man if, and if i get one you know it's maybe going to an accident or something and they come up flying behind you the lights on you swerve over man i still get that shot of adrenaline like oh fuck i'm going to jail and i start thinking okay what's in the center console what's in the glove box well the Very reason paranoid. this is why the reason i get nervous i once got this phone call that's a true story i swear to god hello hey what's up you what what do you mean you think you left coke in my car <laughs> like 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 soda no like a little bag of coke like are you serious <laughs> and i just hang up and, uh-huh. I, and that, that was someone called me oh yeah they were in my car uh i took them home and i think it was i don't know less than a mile to their house and they think that it dropped out in my car oh shit so and then they called me and i'm outside laying on the ground trying to like look under all the seats uh-huh. and everything like that <laughs> did they call the cops and tell them <laughs> run ricky bobby because <laughs> that's my biggest fear is, is like having someone right and that's why i keep my car real clean that way if you notice something it'd be easier to find yeah because uh, there's that. there's no worse feeling than losing drugs <laughs> there's no worse feeling than losing drugs you don't know where you lost them either oh well yeah I mean, well, I mean it's just in general just losing drugs that's just a horrible feeling but the phone conversation was like oh yeah I left some coke in your car you might want to check <laughs> like real calm not like hey I'm sorry hey you okay just like oh, I just left them in there I'll talk to you later I can't I can't say that in my life I have never lost any drugs now I may have misplaced them for five or ten minutes <laughs> and then it goes oh yeah shit i forgot to put them there now did you ever have a buddy where you bought some together and you're gonna do them together but yet you use it all yourself um <laughs> yeah yeah that's a possibility maybe <laughs> that may have happened once actually i tell you what <clears throat> the first bag of weed i ever bought i was with a buddy and he wanted to keep it at my house <laughs> that was a great idea and um you know, it was a little bit, little, probably like an eighth of weed or something like that, right? And um, I had it stored in my house. Well, this is during the summer. Well, so, you know, parents are at work. We're off from school. Every morning, I would go and I would roll myself up this little bitty joint. And I would go out in the garage and fire it up and smoke a little weed. And, of course, at that point in time, I still wasn't getting high off of it. I mean, it was shitty weed, mostly, not a look back, mostly steeds and, you know, seeds and stems. And uh, he happened to call one morning, and my sister answered the phone. And she's like, uh, you know, I wasn't telling him I was smoking it. And so she answers the phone, and he's like, where's Aaron? And she's like, uh, he's out in the garage smoking a joint right now. And he's like, what? That is mine. <laughs> <laughs> so he runs over the house. And of course, the bag's, you know, probably over half gone. But speaking of that, um, 
I see this is I see your future right here with this news story I got. Right. An elderly couple that got busted with sixty pounds of weed is back in jail. Oh, is this a Christmas presents? Yeah. Eighty yeah. eighty years old and seventy year old wife Barbara were arrested in Nebraska before Christmas for transporting the haul of weed through the state, which they described as family Christmas gifts. Yeah, that's a, that's a they were arrested again this week for possessing oh, really? more than eighteen thousand dollars in drug money. How do they know Jeez. it's drug money though? Yeah. But yeah, I think so they got how they let them out of jail the first time because that just happened like three weeks well, ago. Well, I think right? they they were bonded out. Oh, but that that'd be like my kids would be like, "Hey, is Uncle AP coming up for Christmas this year?" <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you get weed and you get That's weed. Right. <laughs> Oprah for president, right? Uh, the uh, Harvey Weinstein and bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, did you see this thing from? I don't shop at H M N H and M. Do you guys know what that is? I went in there once with Steph, and they had nothing in my size. H and M. H and M. Yeah, is that like a store? Yeah, yeah. It's a clothing store. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's like yeah, a trending. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you see this story? Hoes and Mitches. Yeah. So they had this picture of this uh, uh, black. Oh child yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, the with hoodie. the hoodie. This yeah. is coolest monkey in the jungle. Yeah, that's yeah. rough. Like. I've uh, I don't know like who's part of their marketing campaign because we talk about marketing we market this show and you probably marketed right. you know yeah. Rainbow Records but hey it's a good idea I saw somebody it was Nailed a meme it. that had that had that and it said just to make it even and it had a white kid in a green sweatshirt and it said coolest cracker in the package <laughs> it said now we're even <laughs> there you go no but I'm just saying it was the, how does I get past the how does that get past that I don't I I mean I honestly I mean even for the most like the even the kid's mom was like i don't i didn't see a problem with it <laughs> i mean the kid you know what i mean i mean she's obviously a black lady she's like i think you all are just kind of reaching and it's it's over you know i mean i understand the, the whole stereotype of the monkey thing but when the mom even comes out and goes yeah i didn't have a problem with it. have you ever seen clerks too any of you guys mm-hmm. <laughs> yep been a while i don't really but remember one of the biggest thing is he didn't understand porch monkey was racist right so he oh, kept saying yeah. I'm, he goes i'm taking the word back <laughs> and so he put porch monkey for life on the back of his jacket but that is true though because i think we're hi- we're over hypersensitive now i mean we oh really yeah are. for sure yeah. and it's just like i mean and go and i always go back and i was talking to somebody that's like 21 years old i said go watch blazing saddles just oh watch yeah, it. yeah and we've talked about it many times i'm gonna get into but like watch that and come back and talk to i had me. never seen it and we were sitting it's in here bef- movie. before yeah. a show one day, and they were showing me clips off of it, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, this we, is crazy. We can't release that today. No. no, huh? no way. I think we no. need to. I, that's one of my goals is, <laughs> is what I've been working on is something along those lines. Yeah. Hey, it's the goals 2018 Smugcast. We offend everyone. That's my goal. I just, I mean, if there's- <laughs> I did put out the Caitlyn Jenner meme the other day and had somebody, had somebody go, what do you mean by this? Oh, I saw that. They saw, were offended. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. I didn't say anything. Yeah, well, I, I also understand. I was like, I wrote a description underneath it that pretty much tells you exactly what I meant by it. <laughs> Just Well, now you're getting into the range where you're you're being uh, very talented and very comical. You're going to have to explain your jokes to people. <laughs> I guess. You're like, uh, what does this mean? Like, do you not know what it like, physically means or do you not know what the actual premise is? Yeah. Fucking idiots. I, mean, I thought I explained it pretty good. It's like, you know. Yeah. A, you can shave nuts at, but still I can tell sack. when you're off work, sure. though, bro, because I'm getting bombarded with stuff. <laughs> and some of the stuff I days, open, right? I'm like, "Oh, what are you doing?" <laughs> I've been off quite a bit lately, and my meme game is is really on strong. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. you and Asian got into this, and I was like, "Why did I get browned into <laughs> yeah. this race war?" Yeah, me and the Asian sensation got into a race war this week. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
with memes with memes <laughs> i got a great one about a asian o face he almost went too far and i was like no <laughs> too far <laughs> I, was like, I was like just don't bring me into it yeah anyways yeah. i want I, I do have a question uh for ryan sure uh how has youtube changed music you think uh huge um I mean, music in general has totally changed, right? I mean, you don't have big studios that control everything anymore, right? I mean, everybody can fire up GarageBand and grab a USB microphone for 20 bucks and record an album, right? Um, YouTube's even bigger than that because of the fact you don't even need most of that, right? You just need an iPhone and and uh, and a guitar, and you can contr- and you can you know record a song and, and publish it out there. Um, and it doesn't have to sound good. It doesn't have to sound good, yeah. <laughs> People don't have to watch it, right? Yeah, but you can make money off of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you I put know the, ads Mingo, on, the Mingos so. or whatever that rap group is. Mm-hmm. I just saw their newest song, and I thought it was a. I thought it was a joke. I thought they were messing around. Right? Who is it? So, I listen. I listen to all music. You know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. All right. So they they got into what's called a rap beef with um, Joe Budden, who's from New York, but was signed to Eminem. But he had this talk show on YouTube. It's pretty good, and he was very critical. And they put out, a, they basically made a song making fun of him. Okay. But like, if they took the song to make fun of me with, I'd be like, no, you, you just killed your own <laughs> your own career. Yeah. Because, like I said, is those are part of the people that there's no talent. Yeah. It's just. Oh, is that the mumble rap? I'm gonna have to mumble find rap. that. I'm gonna have to yeah. find that song. We'll have to play 10, 15 seconds. But okay. I, but back to that. I just. Yeah. Do you think that it's watered down a lot of the the talent that's actually out there? Uh, it has a little bit, but the other fact of the matter is that now people can get noticed a lot quicker, right? I mean, there's, there's brilliant bands that have been playing forever that nobody knows who the hell they are, but like now there's bands on YouTube that, you know, maybe have five or six songs out there. One of them hits and now they're a huge band. Like walk off the earth is one, um, okay, go. I mean, their first video, uh, was on YouTube and people found it and now okay, go is a huge band. Yeah. So it just, it's just it's kind of both both ways i mean it also there's there's so much out there uh, at this point it's impossible like talking to anybody about music it's it's rare that if you, that you've heard of the same bands right oh, unless, yeah. unless they're mainstream bands yeah um just because there's so much out there and it's so detached it's not like it used to be where you know everybody was listening to the rolling stones and that was it right yeah. everybody knew every single band everybody else did because it's all you hear on the radio yeah now it's you know there's so many subgenres of music and just everything's changed it's just it's hard to get noticed it kind of makes you wonder like how many bands that we that you know us as a as a society missed out on back in the day oh, tons because of you know not you know i mean i don't know that much about the music industry but you know back in the day i mean i'm sure it was you know you had to tour and then finally somebody would oh, see yeah. you and then oh, yeah. you know it's like how many how many just awesome musicians did we miss out on because they couldn't Millions. afford to or yeah. you know they had a family and couldn't you know right it's just oh man that, that, that kind of pisses you off a little bit <laughs> well the, the old way it worked is the big labels had a and r reps right and yeah. so these guys would go out and they would go to some you know crappy club in a basement and watch a band play and if they thought the band was good enough they'd say hey 
you know, we want to we want to put you on the label. And so that would consist of, you know, them working with a specific specific producer. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they maybe, uh, you know, get five thousand dollars to make a record um, and then they go on tour and they're eating McDonald's on the tour. And so, you know, they do all the marketing. So the label does everything for them. Yeah. And the label pretty much owns their music at that point, too. I mean, that's how it used to be. Yeah. Um, nowadays, it's almost the opposite. And the, the A&R reps for any label are you know, going out and looking bands, looking at bands that have already figured out how to market themselves and are already made it big, and and they're just trying to help. Right? I mean, that kind of goes with what Chance his name Chance the rapper. Yeah, Isn't Chance really what good, he yeah. did. He he doesn't have any label. Well, because in the nineties, nineties and two thousands, also what happened, and Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. So you had Interscope, mm-hmm. and then you had Aftermath, then you had Shady Records, yeah. and then it started. Then Fifty had his own um, G Unit. Yeah. See, and then and then now that's even gone away because that was one of the things was like if you make it big, then you got your own label. We can start signing other labels, mm-hmm. like it, same way with like a, a pyramid, not a pyramid scheme, but kind of like <laughs> that, like where. Yeah. That way you can start making money off other artists, and that that was that was their goal because uh, some artists, and correct me if I'm wrong too, is they'll make their album, they pay for all that, and it all depends on the is it points that they might get off their album. Right, they could already be in so much debt. That's why a lot of the artists, and they might not even own their own music either. Right, so that's why you know the catalogs, and that's where I think that's what forced people to that doing that was because they owed these record labels so much money right yeah. um like when tupac signed with death row i think it was a three album deal mm-hmm. and that's why he had so much music because he wanted to get those three and just be done with it right? oh okay yeah that's one of the theories behind that also which yeah. is might be one of the theories why they think suge knight was behind his death because he wanted to leave oh hmm. yeah Holy shit. That's crazy. <laughs> it's conspiracy theory, yeah. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> now now we're into music conspiracies. That's right. Well, and th- th- I think that's why YouTube changed it, and that's when I get his opinion, too, was also is a lot of people, um, it was good, and I think it's also bad. Right. Um, because I think that... Um, well, you got a lot of people making shitty music, making money off of it. And I just text you the name of that. True. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. Okay. And well, it's I, like, what was, uh, what was the chick... Uh, well, I mean... It's like if you if you put out a shitty song and mm-hmm. put out a video with it, and then it's bad. People share that shit because it's bad, but yet right. you're making money off of it because you made a shitty video. Well, now you yeah. got fucking money, true, <laughs> and you're not a good. You're not good. Just like Eminem's new release. I mean, his new album came Did out. You listen to it? Yeah, I didn't like it. Well, and well, then and 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 uh, and he just put out a new uh, remix of one of the songs or whatever. But that was the problem, though. In one of his remakes, he says, like, who do you want me to be? Yeah. You know, do you want me to go back? And he's like, I'm over 40 years old and stuff like that. Right. And that's when there's a great interview with him because he's one of my all-time favorite artists. And he was talking about, like, I don't know, like, what how I want to be or who they want me to be. Yeah. You know, I can't go back to to being who I was. And his last two albums were great. And this one was, you know, so, but this is. (laughs) Ice Trick. So is it this here? Yeah, it's a very top one. Oh, quality control, Quavo, little little yachty ice tray. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. not Migos though. That's a different. No, that's the video I watched at the very top. The very top one. So this is the this is the video you were just talking about, right? Yes. Okay. Let's play a little bit of it. Because it has 21 million You know million there's going to be an ad. Of course there's an ad. Well, at least he's making money on it. At least the ad will be better than the song. Yeah. Hopefully. You can skip it now. There you go. Joe, what's your real issue with Migos and Lil Yachty? Man, they ain't not, they not about the culture. 
Like, they, they making hundreds of thousands of shows, million dollars in endorsements. Look at their jury. Like, I ain't had jury like that. Like, come on. All right, all right, let's just cut to the clip and we'll see what the audience thinks back home. Is that two chains? No. That's three. He's got three chains. Oh, he's got three. Three yeah. watches there. Three. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It's three watches. <laughs> New rapper. Ice Tray. So that's what the song's called? Yeah. Ice Tray? Ice Tray, your nigga flooded. You know we can do this, right? Uh, we can we can put this out. The good news is there's subtitles, so I know what the hell they're yeah. saying. That's why I wanted to play this one. I'm so angry right now. Fiji water. All white. I'm thinking about Blue Glacier Huncho. Got me. Yeah. Ice Trader Gang. Ice Trader Gang. Can we put out Refrigerator Bang? Alexander Wayne. Alex. Riz Eddie Kane. Eddie. Drop Top McLean. Park it at the flame. Think I was insane. He just rhyming now. There's no thing called a flame. It's really bad. I got a cat. Oh, look, and it sometimes says, it wears a hat. It says higher than Kirk Cobain, Huncho Bruce Wayne. What the fuck? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but some of these artists, how many views does it have? 21 million. Oh, that's it. Okay. But let's go down the com. <laughs> There's 21,000 comments. Oh my god! Someone put a fu- it's fire. Oh, of course, fire. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Um. If they can have this much ice, we need them to restore the ice caps. Love that person. Uh, Brilliant. Wow, Lil Yachty ain't using a ton of auto-tune. Fascinating. Are you kidding me? Wait, wait, wait. What's it say? Quavo got the hooks. Offset got the best lyrics most of the time. Takeoff got the best flow. They are the perfect trio right now. Don't need to change anything. Oh, come on. Oh, check out my oh, YouTube views. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. We get those. <laughs> we don't do shit on YouTube. That's this just ridiculous. Uh, who thinks Gucci Mane should have been in the video? <laughs> oh, come on, this is ridiculous. No, I'm saying that. <laughs> but if you fucking shit. But if you take that and then you go back to other hip hop artists and you listen to them like Rakim and and a lot of uh, guys like that, and you're like and Nas, and you're like, wow, that's awesome. And then you listen to these guys, it's just like it's. That's all shit because they can throw it on YouTube and yeah. somebody there are there are s- over seven billion people in this world. Somebody's gonna like that shit. They do. You know, there's got to be other people like them. That's true. Ma- uh, Mace made a lot of money. Yeah, it's kind of the same stuff. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah he put on a b- bunch of bright collars and stuff like that. And, and then he, he went started. to be a preacher. And then now he's back. Actually, yeah, he, made, he came back. He made a couple years dis- years Well, he's Did been he really? he's been doing yeah. diss tracks too. Yeah, I, I love diss tracks. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I love about hip hop. Yeah. Is, Going after people, unless it gets you killed, obviously. Not a big fan of that. <laughs> it's not a good day. No, but like, that's just, that's mm. what's wrong with music right there. And I'm not just talking about that, but I'm also, the, the one thing we watch about the country music, uh, who played it for us, where Bo Burnham. Bo, Bo uh, Burnham. I did. Oh, it was him. Yeah. Oh. That, was the night at the, that was the night at the studio. That's brilliant. That's that, a brilliant, and that, brilliant song. And that's the thing about this, too. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like, hey, we got a genre now. Let's just hit it the same way with you know houston hit really well with hip-hop and then like you know country all of a sudden now is pop with like keith urban and all those other people stadium country yeah Yeah. pop music with a southern accent Mm -hmm. what's that clip called so people look that up it's uh bo burnham uh what is the name of that song um 
I know, but I talking about stadium country. I had not uh, laughed that hard in such a long time. Country, just it's type country, in Bo yeah. Burnham country song, right? Uh, pandering, yeah, pandering, country, yeah, yeah, that's cool. right. Uh, Shit, we'll play a couple seconds. I love uh, this uh, thing. This is brilliant. Any big fans of country music out there? Yeah. Oh, some people extending my name. Boo, that's also approval. I, I think, I think country music gets a bad rep. You know why is it? And when Bruce Springsteen sings about a fucking turnpike, it is art. And then when someone sings about a horse, it's dumb inherently. I, don't think, I think some of the greatest songwriters of all time are country artists. Dolly Parton, Willie Nelson, you know? And if you're writing honestly... Because they're actual country. Art, True. Never yeah. that. Um, the problem is, with a lot of modern country music, what, what is called stadium country music, the sort of Keith Urban brand of country music... is that He's a beautiful man. It is the exact opposite. Bo or Keith? Both. People actually telling their stories. You got a bunch of millionaire metrosexuals who've never done a hard day's work in their lives, but they <laughs> <laughs> the phrases they can use to <laughs> their audience, and they list the same words and phrases off, sort of mad lib style in every song, raking in millions of dollars from actual working class people. You know the words. You know the phrases. Phrases like the dirt road, the cold beer. A blue jeans, a red pickup, a rural <laughs> simple adjective. But no shoes, no shirt, no shoes, you didn't hear that. <laughs> sort of a mental typo. <laughs> I walk and talk like a field hand, but the boots I'm wearing cost three grand. <laughs> <laughs> Ranch that I rarely use. I don't like dirt. One verse, one chorus. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Bravo. He's I love that shit. Yeah. yeah, and that's just so it's just music all the way uh, uh, general. I mean, so that was just. <sighs> just I know. The yeah, game yeah. has changed. Yeah, I, absolutely. Has. That's why I think songwriting to me is so important. I mean, it really is. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I uh, for years. You know, me and Mr. Sproles, you know, at one point in time, we were going to get the band back together. And so I started, you know, always, in, right? in my, oh yeah, always, always, <laughs> we're always getting a band back together. That's right. So I, you know, would try to, you know, and of course now after kind of the, the, what we were, we were going through here over the last month or so, I look back and go, wow, you didn't have a fucking clue what you were doing. Yeah. No <laughs> shit. You know, I, but I didn't, you know, there was no, there was no, I was writing a song in my head to no music, <laughs> you right. know, right. I mean, which is, you know, kind of more or less what I've been doing, but you know, not, well, of course now not, but yeah. yeah. And these days, the things that are, that are poppy don't have lyrics that are worth a shit in the first place. Right. I mean, most no, of it's just the same thing repeating over and yeah, over there's no, again. There's no story. Right? Well, there's a great, there's an uh, artist that I found. You know, of, you don't get good Nickelback songs. You know I mean? They tell a period. story. Period. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, hey man, that's, I'm just that's, you, a, that's a that's a fucking callback. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's a, that's a year old callback. You bring that on yourself. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> there's this artist called Spose. He was the one that sang oh, I'm yeah, awesome. Yeah. So yeah. he got signed to a major label. I'm right? awesome. So when he went when he got 
uh, went out there to LA. They're like, I want you to write a pop song. Right. He's like, uh, what? So he actually wrote a song making fun of the pop song. It's called Pop oh, Song. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it, it probably made a million dollars. No. <laughs> oh, it didn't? No. Oh, it didn't blow up? <laughs> no, no, no. They, I think that's what basically got him released. Yeah. It's uh, Pop Star. Uh, yeah, it's Pop Star. Yeah, we watched that before. Did we? Did we watch it on here? Nice. Uh, we, I don't think we watched it on here, no. I think I, it was one of those nights we were just in there hanging out. Oh, yeah, So yeah, he's yeah. a white rapper from Maine, you know, and then all of a sudden he goes out there, gets signed to uh, a deal, and they like, want to change everything about him. Yeah. They were talking about, you know, like a B, a, we want you to be like a B.O.B., be like this, and then, you know, talking about. Well, it's <clears throat> like, um, oh, uh, what's his name? Aaron Lewis. He wrote that one song, um, uh, Country, Country Boy. Right. Well, he, he talks about, you know, how when it, when Stain first came out, you know, right. they went to L.A. and they were like, well, you need you to lose weight. We need you to look this way. Do you really need that wife? Do you know it's but I, is but do you think do you think the industry is still that way with as much with now that they're kind of losing well, their, their grasp on the music industry? It depends on the piece of the industry. I mean, your, your top echelon of of like, you know your top 10 yeah uh yes definitely i mean you look at like lady gaga and, and people like that and britney spears i mean all those people are a persona yeah right and that sells their music more than actually their music does yeah. most of the time um they've got songwriters out the yin yang that are waiting in line to write them a song that you know some producer's gonna make poppy and it's gonna stick in somebody's head yeah um so so there's definitely that but i think you know kind of the, your middle ground uh, are artists trying to be themselves? Like I said, you're looking at A and R reps that are going out looking for bands that are already established, right? And yeah. saying, you know, these guys already have it together. Let's just take that and and make it bigger, right? And sell it. Yeah. Um, and then everybody's <laughs> making money, right? So, well, definitely, definitely changes the game. When our album drops, you know, <laughs> March 31st, we're making it. Is that our target date? No, nah, I don't. We don't have a target date. <laughs> <laughs> When did uh, when did when did you first start to to play? When did you know that music something that you want? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, so vocally, I know the answer to this. Would you like me to? No, go ahead. I don't know if you do. Uh, so it's 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 been a long road. Uh, I mean, vocally, I mean, I was singing in like church choir back when I was like, you know, six or seven, um, and doing that kind of thing. So I've always kind of loved that. Uh, I took piano lessons at an early age, but absolutely hated it. So I tried to get my parents to. <laughs> Uh, you know, get me out of that, uh, which now I kick myself for. Um, yeah. Whose idea was it to get into them? Yours or theirs? Uh, it was theirs. Theirs? For yeah. sure, yeah. Um, and I don't think I learned anything at that point, right? I was I was too young and just yeah. didn't, didn't really care. I wanted to go, you know, outside or play Nintendo or something. <laughs> um, and then it wasn't until college when, when I kind of – well, I take that back. I, I started DJing, and I was, I was DJing say, yeah. for a long time, um, you know, high school dances and things like that, even when I was in high school or middle school. Um, then when I got in college, I, I picked up a guitar uh, my freshman year. Uh, a guy down the down the hallway was selling a Fender Stratocaster Squire uh, with the Wayne's World insignia on the back of it. <laughs> uh, it was the one that was in the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, selling it for like 40 bucks, and I was like, hell, I'll learn to play guitar for that, right? Uh -huh. So I uh, started playing then, um, and then just kind of grew from that. I was in a band then, and uh, then really got into the recording aspect of it. Probably right after college and my first job, I was working with a guy that was doing it, and so he and I were kind of trading ideas back and forth, and that kind of developed the what Repo Records became. Yeah. So when you when you first you know decided to play guitar, who'd you try to uh, 
Emulate. Uh, that's easy, yeah. <laughs> uh, so when I started, yeah. Well, I mean, the first few lo- songs I learned were Metallica songs, uh, even though I absolutely hate Metallica now, but that's side the point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Dave Matthews is, is definitely the the person that I uh, kind of looked as, looked at because I just liked the, his style, the kind of unorthodox way he played, the unorthodox chords he used, uh, his vocals and all that stuff. So I learned pretty much his entire catalog at one point. Um, and then about... You know, after I got out of college and started playing in bands and things like that, I realized that uh, I didn't have any idea how to play guitar because uh, <laughs> I was playing like Dave Matthews, and you know, you know, yeah, I have, you know, I had to relearn how to play guitar like a normal human being because the way he plays, he taught himself. The way he plays is totally crazy, and most of his chords are like six fret reaches, and it's just it's insane. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So he he just instead of playing a, a normal chord, he changed it to make it that chord or oh how? yeah so like uh i'm i mean pick any song but like um uh you know that's an a people would play an a you know usually uh with with three fingers uh kind of on the second fret um in in kind of an up and down pattern and he played uh was on five and four with uh, uh so five with his middle finger four with his uh index finger and then uh six and seven with his two other fingers so he's playing an entirely different fingering of the same chord. Uh, it just sounds totally weird. And that whole entire song, uh, one of the songs, is, is just that pattern back and forth. Um, so he doesn't play anything normal at oh, all. Shit. Period. Yeah. And so I had, I, so I, I get ready to play, but you know, with bands, they're like, oh yeah, this is an A, so you know, it's A and G and such. And I'm like, oh, uh, okay. And I'm like, man, it's hard to get back and forth. They're like, what the hell are you doing? oh no shit yeah and i'm like i was playing the a chord and they're like that's not an a that I mean yeah that's an a chord but why are you playing it like that it's so easy to play it over here yeah. i'm like well shit no one told me that so i had to relearn how to play everything and, and, oh yeah, my god it was it was interesting how long did it take you to, to pick everything back up uh, it wasn't too bad because i was yeah. just used to playing and used to the, the kind of the you know the strumming patterns and different things like that so there's a lot of uh strumming patterns that i still kind of use dave's style when yeah. i play um and he, he plays pretty percussive too and so do i um but uh so like when i write songs and things like i'm still in that genre to yeah. an extent but huh yeah well <clears throat> what are you looking at no i was looking at like what is your um What's your favorite? What's your favorite thing to play? If you just picked up a guitar and started playing, what's your what's your go to to make you feel better? Wow, uh, let's see. Mostly my stuff. I mean, for the most part, um, and, and it really changes. Uh, you know, different uh, at different times. I'll, I'll when I pick up a guitar, I'll be feeling different things, and so I'll maybe play a certain artist or whatever. Uh, or if I'm got a gig coming up and I'm trying to play a bunch of cover stuff that I haven't played before, I'll usually start playing that. But uh, at this point, I'm, I'm working on a lot of Eden stuff, which no one knows who the hell that is. So, uh, E-D-E-N, um, he's essentially a singer-songwriter that became an EDM artist. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he, I've been tracking towards him recently. The dude is phenomenal. Um, cause that's, that's a genre that I'm trying to get into. I actually have my first show in June, I think, uh, actually doing EDM. Really? Yeah. So I'm, Yeah. I haven't, this? I haven't talked to you about this, but no, yeah. you haven't. <laughs> yeah, so my first show's in June, doing uh, essentially a solo. Um, the game plan, and I don't know if I'll get there or not. The game plan is to have acoustic guitar, vocals, um, keyboard, um, and being DJing at the same time. Uh, You're gonna play all that. that at the same time. Yeah, 
and going back and forth. So I've got everything essentially backtracked, and it's just a matter of each component I'll be playing at different times. Oh. Um, so if you, if you watch Eden Live or you watch uh, somebody like Robert DeLong is another huge one. I, I, I'll never be Robert DeLong. That guy's I, a that, genius. Is that the guy from the the the, the, uh, the van? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. you showed me Jam in the van, yeah, Robert yeah, yeah. DeLong. Yeah, the, the, the dude is a genius. But so I'd love to be doing that, but I just... Uh, so what is this? Is this? Uh, do Wake Up. Don't, or Drugs, one of the two. Where's that? Drugs is down below. That's a great song. Crashing, starting into new ones, but... Let's see... Uh, hey, uh, hey, there's an ad. Imagine that. Imagine that. Bedroot. All right, here we go. But you'll get you'll get kind of the gist of it when he kicks it all in, but So how'd you find him? Um, actually, was getting ready to go to a festival in um, Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, it's called Bunbury. And so when I go to festivals, here's what kicks in. So it's it's singer-songwriter. It's great lyrics. Yeah. It's a great story, but it has EDM components, and, and he... he fades back and forth so well um but when i get ready to go to a festival i i take every artist that's playing at the festival and go out on spotify and just take like the top five songs and dump in a playlist and then i just i'd put it on repeat and oh, yeah, uh yeah. yeah so i i started hearing this and i was like man that's awesome what yeah. the hell is that so i started you know then re- going back and listening to his whole catalog and then i went and saw him live and i was just like blown away yeah I like it. I like it. What was the? Uh, oh, who was the? Uh, Something different. Who was the rapper that died? That we'd never heard of. We played it. We played it. And now I can't. Was get it a little something? Uh, little, little I peep. Little peep. Yeah, I think it was little peep. peep. Yeah, this one that OD'd or whatever. Yeah, it's like we had never heard of him. Mm-hmm. This fucking video had like twenty million uh, plays, and I was like, "Who in the fuck is this?" Yeah. And now I, I, he's. Of course, now he's dead, so sure. not getting any more. But yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, it, I mean, it doesn't piss me off, but like it disturbs me that I don't, that there's so much. Yeah, you can't find it. That all. I can't find no, it all. And no. so I don't know who to listen to. You don't even don't, know what genre to look for, right? To be honest. And that's one thing that, um, for the longest time, and that's what I went through and did was that I would go through, um, that's how I found concept. Mm yeah i actually was i was looking up rap battles one day at work we were just watching like laughing at him like wow that's pretty funny and that's where i found socon mm-hmm. socon's another rapper out of brooklyn and then i saw that he was with um uh brown bag all-stars then i right. then they were like wu-tang they all had their individual stuff dj yeah. elman all those guys <laughs> and that's how i found concept and then out of concept that's how i found sandman sandman i think his name is and a couple other people just yeah. like just kept just like the rabbit hole and found mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of stuff i wa- i liked and um that that's the only way that you, 
it's that's the only way to do it is like the nights I can't sleep. I was going to YouTube and just see how far I can go with it down the rabbit hole. Oh yeah, yeah. that's. It all started with a silly rap battle, right? Yeah, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's things now which, uh, like, Spotify is a perfect tool for this kind of thing. But um, you know, they've got playlists that are that are out there that you can, you know, I want this style of music, and you go out there and start listening to it, and you're like, I haven't heard of any of these people, but I like their music. Um, but then it also has related artists too, um, yeah, over to the side, and, and so you can you can go find things that that you haven't listened to. I mean, like currently, I'm I'm in the process of producing a, a, a friend of mine that. She went to Nashville for a while, for about three years, and, and uh, was going down the path of, of obviously country uh, in, in that genre. Um, but she likes the old school country stuff, right? She does Real like country? A, the real country, not stadium yeah. country, right? But um, voice of an angel. I mean, just amazing voice. And uh, came back, uh, you know, tried tried Nashville out for a little while, didn't make it. Um, it didn't work out for her, so she came back. And she called me up, and she's wanting to do, you know, uh, a lot of her songs that are just singer songwriter style songs, but kind of a country vibe. But then she wants to put, you know, this EDM stuff behind it, similar yeah. to, the, to this EDM. <clears throat> That'd be uh, interesting. I'm like, yes, right? <laughs> you know, so uh, so excited by by yeah. it. And uh, so I've been working with her. She was over last week. We were kind of working through things, and um, I mean, she she just got some great songs, and it's just trying to figure out how to you know not make it so poppy that it, it turns out really yeah. fruity but uh you know yeah, try, trying to trying to do it subtle enough that it doesn't yeah, take away from the exactly. song exactly yeah that's um, that's a it's a yeah, fine it be line. easy to put behind yeah pop music oh yeah but behind actual actual country music right. could be damn that's good I, I, so we're creating our own yeah, genre exactly it's so, gonna be interesting to hear and, and so just like you know when i do festivals when i when i'm working with an artist and i kind of know where they're going uh I, I i scour the you know spotify the internet you know yeah. wherever uh to go out and try to find you know stuff that i think is is what they're going to sound like and and i if i'm going to work with them that week then for the entire week on on random or on repeat i've got this playlist that i created of stuff that that is kind of their style yeah. um, to try to get my mindset, you know, my brain in that, in that space. Yeah. Um, and so I've been working with, you know, I've found all kinds of artists that are like really good, uh, you know, female vocalists that have, that are kind of in the EDM range. Um, but it's more ballady. It's not, it's not, you know, stats it's all yeah. day. So, uh, how that, how's, that go, how's that go again? Boots and pants. Boots yeah, and pants. Boots and pants. <laughs> boots and pants. Boots. <laughs> So. <laughs> no, I uh, shit. Now I don't want. I had two questions just popped into my head, and then I went to ask one, and the other one popped into my head. And now I just lost them both. <laughs> what do you prefer better? Like, do you like um, producing better, or actually be out there playing, being in front or Ooh. behind? Uh they're, they're apples and oranges, right? Uh, they are different. Um, I mean, I, I love the performing uh, aspect. Um, I love going out and playing. Uh, I've been playing a cover band for uh, for years now, and it used to be an original band. So um, I like writing. I like being able to take those songs and kind of go out there and, and, and you know, wear your heart on a sleeve and, and sing those songs uh, and seeing how, seeing how a crowd reacts to that. Uh, I like the cover band thing, which is just mainly a party, right? You just go out there and have a blast and, and play whatever you what's play. I got, what's I got to see yeah. last year, I believe, when yeah. I, yeah. Know, we went out. That was some yeah. good food, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it, weird it doing, is it weird doing shows when people are eating? No. Because I always, that's the me being neurotic. First thing I thought about was like, because like, you're up there singing, I was like, 
Do I, <laughs> do right. I, do right. I eat? Can I take a Can bite I eat now? while he's eating yeah. this? Because <laughs> that's me, though. That's how I think. I mean, it's, yeah. it depends, right? I mean, so as an artist, uh, you pretty much get to a point where nothing phases you, right? Like, I've played shows with three people, right? And it's like, okay, what do you what do you want to hear, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, it's really interactive show, um, and, and and honestly, like even larger artists have a really tough time going from a, a smaller kind of venue to like a large scale venue. I mean, John Mayer is a perfect example. I mean, I saw John Mayer at Jillian's in, in like Cincinnati years ago, uh, and he absolutely just worked the room. I mean, he killed it, right? And then he starts going to these bigger stadium shows, and at and at the beginning, he sucked at it. Yeah, I, he, he I, couldn't. He was detached from the audience, right? He couldn't. He couldn't get into it. I had some of his demos, live yeah, demos. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Um, my buddy Aaron, who Smith, who lives down Seymour, he actually got us pre-ordered his first album, 1983. Some of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. But you would listen to him, and he would just be up there. He would be playing acoustic, and before he started playing, he would start saying, talking to him like you know making jokes and i yeah. was like wow i really like this guy absolutely mm-hmm. yeah and then he and then he like you said he blew up and then it's like he wanted to do what he wanted to do and right. then uh, the fans don't want you to do that right sometimes yeah well but but the way he did it is brilliant right i mean uh, most artists don't even think to do this but john mayer is is literally one of the and, and uh, some people realize this but i don't think everybody does he's literally one of the best guitar players of our time there's no question. You talk yeah. to any guitar player, and they'll tell you John Mayer's up there, right? Eric Clapton even says he's good. So what did he do in order to get big? He wrote a bunch of sappy love songs on acoustic guitar with a breathy voice, and he made it big. <laughs> yeah. He sold out early, right? If you think about it, he sold yeah. out out of the gate and said, hey, I'm going to go. I, I know this is going to sell, so I'll go do this. And then at the end of it, he's like, all right, now I can, I'm going to do whatever I want. Yep. So he made like a jazz album, he made a country album, you know, he's all over the he blues was, album. Yeah, he was on that, uh, I think he did stuff with B.B. King and then yeah. stuff with Eric Clapton where he did a couple of the concerts. And yeah, he can do whatever he wants. did he play he with the, uh, the Dead yeah. there for a while? Yeah, he's touring with the Dead now, I think. Oh, is it right? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. He's played several shows with him. <clears throat> he had a pretty nice run with the ladies. <clears throat> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. John, I like, I always enjoy John Mayer. I mean, anybody that can take guitar and then. I would just like to smell his dick. You know, it's, you know, it's got some good pussy on it. I think there's, I think that's on the, his fan club. You can, can do that, can you? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to sign up. For there's that. a fee. It's a thing. Yeah, there's a fee. What he does is he takes a rag and wipes it and then sends it to you. Oh, that'd be amazing. That way you could just sniff it like panties. Mm. Imagine a pussy that's been on that. Just D. a mare T-shirt, really, is what he does. <laughs> I like it. So you, so you get a T-shirt you can wear at the same time. And, on the, back, oh. and on the back it says, thanks for smelling my dick, John Mayer. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's going on a T-shirt. <laughs> Boom. That's, that's going on the next T-shirt I'm working on. That's, that's awesome. That's brilliant. No, that's And I think there's, because people always ask me, because I think there's artists and there's entertainers. Right. Because to me, an artist is... they. They take their song, make their song, and I know they work with producers and everything like that, but they're in the process because it's their music. Yeah. And other people, they hand them like that piece of paper back there, like, hey, that's your new song, right? Yep. There we go. Well, it's rare to get both of those in the same person or same band, right? And that's that's what's crazy these days is is almost everything is just all entertainment value. It's all shock value, right? Um, Only the the underground is really where you find the the artists that are actually artists. Yeah. I mean, Taylor Swift is a, is a good example. I'm not a humongous Taylor Swift fan, but the girl can write, uh, and she's been writing for years, and and she's been a you know shadow writer of all kinds of people's stuff for a long time, and nobody even knew. And then finally, she came out and started saying, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this myself," 
And so she started playing her own music and playing country and doing those things. And then obviously look at her now. Yeah. Um, I mean, she can write. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying every single one of her songs. It may be, but every, I don't know if every single one of her songs is hers, but a majority is for sure. Yeah. Cause I knew she wrote, I know she wrote a ton and then I didn't real. I realized that I didn't like even uh, hip hop artists have ghostwriters. I've, I, I've oh, heard yeah. about it maybe about 10 years ago. I first heard about it and I was like, what do you mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like how could you, you know, like and you look at Drake who I think grew up middle class and then mm-hmm. he's some of his songs. Oh yeah. 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 What, uh, shit. What, did, uh, what a concept call it. Uh, f- oh, maybe it wasn't concept fake gangster or something like that yeah <laughs> when we, we mentioned his name yeah, and drake thought, definitely is but he yeah. just started dying laughing yeah zero yeah. to 100 real quick uh-huh. he was, no. <laughs> yeah. drake's a guilty pleasure of mine man i love it. Really? I know. Every I'm, now, every I'm a sucker then, yeah. i'm a sucker for a rapper that can sing right that's just if, yeah, you, he, if you can do oh, both that's impressive you know I'm, a, I'm gonna be i'm gonna make it then you know here uh he actually has <laughs> you gotta be able to rap first <laughs> He actually has. Uh, I spit game, son. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think Drake's tattoos. I think he has uh, Kevin Durant number thirty-five and number thirty on. Oh, yeah, I think he has a Denzel Washington tattoo. He has them tattooed. Hmm. Yeah. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Are they henna? Um, <laughs> I don't know, but I was. Uh, I noticed it because uh, he was on Jimmy Fallon or somewhere, and then or no, Denzel Washington was on Jimmy Fallon, and Jimmy Fallon showed him the Drake tattoo. That, oh yeah, that he has uh, of gotcha. him, and Denzel was like, "Awesome, that's that's fucking weird, Drake." Mm. <laughs> well, he's he's a weird dude. Yeah, he is. Like he, uh, I was watching the Sports Center. He was at Toronto game because he's from Toronto, obviously. Watching him play, um, uh, Golden State, and then he was being a fanboy out there. Oh um, really? Yeah. <laughs> He just kills me. He's like the Kevin Hart of hip hop. You kind of don't. You, <laughs> you just like, eh. But he's hilarious. His Saturday Night Live, oh, one of the best ever. Yeah, I saw when he did the uh, Black Jeopardy. Black Jeopardy was hilarious, and also when he rapped on there about um, being. Uh, it's, a, it's a thing about being ha- half Jewish and half black, or whatever. Right. That was a hilarious one. Half Jewish and half black. Yeah, I mean, Drake. Like I said, was his, like he is a great timing he was on that show was it degrassi or something it's mm-hmm. called degrassi it's a canadian like pop show or whatever oh yeah like a 90210 yeah and so and that's where he actually started was an actor yeah so huh. he's, yeah huh i mean we all can't be marky mark right that's true, that's true. <laughs> can't so make speak, a- speaking of kevin hart have you seen the uh the reverse interview with kevin hart and the rock where they uh, in oh, an interview yeah, yeah, as yeah. each other they, they flip oh it's the yeah that's yeah. one of the funniest that's a good things. one yeah i did see that thank you did you send that i think i, you I, think that I to said me. too yeah it, yeah it's it's hysterical all right well let's uh let's let's get into talking about some recording some sound Ooh, since okay. I, i've i've told everybody and her brother that we're getting in the weeds now that is has contacted me about recording a podcast that we i would do this just so they have reference <laughs> so <laughs> but i mean for the most part you know, I mean, I've explained to a lot of people, you know, the difference between mics, mm-hmm. why we use certain mics that we use, why, right. you know, when to use other mics, right. you know, as far as dynamic and condenser goes, um, you know, and a lot, you know, like we, we use, we are obviously using condenser mics, which take yep. 48 volt phantom power. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not going to get into why, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just, we don't have time for all that. Um, but you know 
people come in here and we've talked about it and I've talked to, you know, people about it, you know, it's like, well, we use, you know, condenser mics, mm-hmm. uh, because, uh, may, may, the main reason was because that's just what we bought to begin with. And then we learned about it and I'm glad that's what we went with. Uh, True. you know, cause like, you know, using dynamic mics, you know, especially for something like this, you know, like we used, uh, with the SM, uh, 57s yep. when we did the a one two podcast, I didn't have enough gain on the board. Right. To get us to, you know, you know, that kind of goes into gain staging as well. But it didn't, you know, I usually record <clears throat> our gain at negative 12 decibels. Right. And well, I could only get to negative 25 with a dynamic mic. I didn't have enough gain. Hmm. So then I had to go in and post and boost that with like, I think I boosted with like a hard limiter or something. Yeah, that's yucky though. Yeah, it is. But, you know, with with what i had i was like sure. i was like oh shit i didn't expect this yeah you know so i mean I, and i and i don't know, I don't know like juice uses uh dynamic mics hmm. i don't know what he uses but you know he also doesn't have a multi-track and he doesn't have an eq so he can't gain gotcha. stage so i don't know what he's coming at so it may be you know extremely low and he's having to boost it really high which kind of gives it that little bit of a hallway sound mm-hmm. that he has and a hiss yeah yeah so <clears throat> you know as far as 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 recording with you know condenser mics you know the only reason we use the dynamic mics i guess i should go back and say was because i didn't have a room where i had control of the sound in here in our studio we have you know sound condensing foam we have mm-hmm. a big curtain behind bj that that deflects sound and you know when we because condenser mics pick up a lot of extra ambient noise correct correct so we have to have all of this if we had dynamic mics we may not have to have all this true but then our studio wouldn't look as pretty as it does it's gorgeous (laughs) but we use the dynamic mics the the red the big red uh yeah you like that kind of looks like uh, i should have went with purple it's like twin peaks in here yeah 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 (laughs) but when we use the dynamic mics was because we were in a room that was huge echoey didn't have control of the sound right so getting into I guess a little bit of that. I mean, what, you know, what is the benefit to, you know, using condenser mics over dynamics or dynamics over condenser? Sure. I mean, what's, I mean, how, what, it, what, it, what are some of the advantages to each of those? Gotcha. So, uh, I mean, taking a step back, there's, there's really three classes of microphones. You've got dynamic microphones, condenser, and then ribbon microphones. So, um, Ribbon microphones don't get talked about as much, uh, but that, to me, I think they're the truest sound. They're a little darker. Um, but, so to answer your question, so dynamic microphones are are meant to um, pick up the sound almost you know right off the edge of, of the, um, the, the capsule, right? Mm-hmm. So, like you said, there's not, um, you know, singers that, that have mi- the microphones, they usually use dynamic microphones on stage. So an SM58 uh, is one of the most known microphones and most used microphones as a vocalist. Reason being is because they can be right up on it, and if they back off of it, then uh, it pretty much goes away. So they can do a lot of voice control because of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Because there's louder... Uh, a good vocalist knows in their range there's parts they have to do that extremely loud, and other parts where they're extremely soft, so they can use the microphone and the distance from it to kind of gauge, uh, you know, an overall volume. Yeah. So, um, in a kind of like you said, in a space where you're not comfortable with the room or you're not not good with the room sound, dynamic microphones work extremely well because you can be up on up front on them. They record well. 
Um, they do have a little bit of, um, of pull off on, on the highs and the lows um, so that uh, it, it's, you get more of the mid-rangey of the sound. So in a, like a, with a vocal, it's usually okay, but you're going to get a more truer tone out of like a condenser. Yeah. So with a condenser, uh, especially a large-scale capsule, so there's there's all kinds of different uh, size capsules. There's so there, they, uh, pencil condensers are, are small capsules. Um, large diaphragms are like what you have in front of you there. Yeah. Um, so with large diaphragms, those are usually used for like vocals in a studio because you really like the room. Um, you, you're okay with that sound. And then the interesting thing is the closer you get to the microphone, there's the idea of what they call a proximity effect. And a proximity effect will raise the bass. So, for instance, if I'm talking to the microphone back here, you can still hear me. But when I get right up on it like this, the bass goes way up. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you can use the proximity effect to your advantage, especially in like a, a talking situation like a podcast. So your best bet in the podcast realm is to use a condenser microphone, but you have to have a decently treated room in order to pull that off. Right? Yeah, which is why we have all these. Exactly. <clears throat> which, which, thank That's you. a beautiful sound foam. Which, which, I, I wonder, I wonder th- where you got that at. Th- thank you. Thank you <laughs> to the wonderful Repo Records <laughs> for, uh, for uh, lending us the, uh, the, the studio I still got a lot of it sitting around. We just we ought to just mute, we ought to just mute this whole room. Yeah, that'd be. Of course, this this studio that, that wouldn't be good. This studio is about to change. It's actually about to get moved in about two months. Oh, it's going to uh, BJ's house, so I can sell this house and get a bigger house. Nice, <laughs> and then it will and then move back again. Then it will move. Yeah, it's the migration studio. Hopefully, it will be a uh, bigger studio with a couch, probably a, a fridge full of beer. Like a casting couch. Yep. Yeah, we're, yeah well, we're starting a vi- uh, Smugcast video production. Yeah, yeah we're trying to. Porn. Uh, we're t- you just have to change one letter. Yeah. Smutcast. Exactly. I like we're, it. We're just trying to uh, <laughs> find, find his, goals, his goal is find a basement where we just go in, and then that way, like if we're working on something. Even walk out basement. Walk out basement, so no matter what, we could always be working and not bother the rest mm-hmm. of the house. Yeah, yeah. I've had that dream for years. And I'll still just, that way I can just sleep if I need to. There you go. Well, that's what the couch is for. I know. It'd be a, it'd be a pull out. Well, you maybe. <laughs> as far as you know. <laughs> and plus, you know, I'm a neat freak anyway. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. What are you doing down there cleaning? What? Well, cum stains stain. That's why they're called cum stains. No, I have oh. I have stuff to take that out. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I've been working on it for a while. Uh huh. <laughs> Goo gone. Is that what it is? <laughs> Goop gone. Goop, Goop gone. Goop gone. Yeah. Had to change the names. Yeah. Now, so, so you know, obviously, you know, cond- like you said, if if you do have a properly treated room, mm-hmm. condenser mics are the way to go. Agreed. I know. So I know. You know, most people aren't going to have the luxury of what we have mm-hmm. in here. You know, we've put a lot of time and a lot of money into what we have, and you know, thanks to you, we have we were able to have <laughs> studio, you know, foam and shit. But you know, and and I've talked a lot of, to everybody that I've talked to about it. Uh, except for Juice still fails to uh, to do what I what I what I told him to do, even though I I, I went out and actually found everything that he needed. There you go. Um, you know, I, I feel like you know once you have the mics, you got to have something to record into, and there's thousands of programs mm-hmm. out there, you know, to, that are to, that you, you can you can use. You know, some of them are free. You know, the majority of the good ones cost money. Um, you know, but I feel. You know, and I'm sure you do. You do too. I feel you have to have a multi-track 
recording software mm-hmm. to be able to do it properly. Absolutely. Because that allows you to go in and edit each individual mic, each individual channel, your master channel, and it, it allows you, you know, I mean, it just, it allows you much more freedom. Absolutely. You know, to to edit you know if bj maybe sounds too bassy one day and he's overriding me every you know anytime we overlap and talk it, it you know it, it will give a weird sound i'm able to go in i'm able to cut that down and you know which i normally never have to do because mm-hmm. i you know pretty well at this point have it set up to where it's good it's going to be good no matter you know no matter what sure um thanks to you <laughs> <laughs> and teaching us how to run all this shit but you're pros now though you don't need me oh shit <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about you just fixed something before uh, we started yeah, no, yeah it's okay <clears throat> so um you know you you know when you record in a studio you know what are you using um so so really as far as programs are concerned i mean um it does matter i mean there's pros and cons to, to all kinds of different uh you know what they call DAWs, digital audio workstations um i mean in the recording industry, you know, Pro Tools is still the the Microsoft of of the game, right? I mean, they they have uh, uh, the most people using them. The most large scale studios use those uh, use them. But um, I mean, Logic is another one that, that a lot of pl- people are using. I've used Logic since before it was owned by Apple. Uh, Apple actually owns Logic now, um, and uh, I think it's a to me, uh, Pro Tools is is a great program, and and I can use it if I have to. Um, if you get an artist that comes in, and this happens every now and then, an artist that comes in and says, you know, I'm going to record an album, but I, we have to use Pro Tools, which usually that, that means they don't know what the hell they're talking about because it really doesn't matter. Yes, I was going to say. How uh, does that? It, they just they think that's – maybe they've used it before in a different studio and it turned out good or, or whatever, right, so they don't want to change the formula. But um, at the end of the day, it doesn't – the DAW doesn't matter as much. I mean, it definitely matters that you're going to use multi-track. Um, what really matters is is your audio interface. Yeah. Um, because the obviously, you know, me talking into this microphone and that microphone going into a soundboard is all analog, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as you try to put that into a computer, it has to be digital because computers are digital, right? So you have to have an A to D converter. So the A to D converters and the D to A converters, which are the opposite, uh, are the really the biggest two things that matter. Um, so having a good audio interface that you've researched and, and it works well for you, it's clean, um, doesn't add too much, you know, uh, color to it, or maybe you want the color, who knows? Um, but that's really the main the main thing. So so if you have a good if you have good A to D converters, um, then it's going to sound good. And once you get it into the computer, you know, you can use any program you can fathom to yeah. to screw with it, right? Yeah. Um, again, you know. Pro Tools, Logic, uh, Ableton Live is a big one now. Um, those three are used in different in different things. I think Pro Tools is probably the best as far as recording actual audio. So, like if you think of you know a band that's playing instruments into a microphone, uh, you know those uh, Pro Tools is still probably the the king of that, right? Yeah. Um, Logic does a really good job of being what I call a Swiss Army knife of of audio engineering, uh, you know, of audio DAWs. Um, Mainly because it does recording just as well as Pro Tools. Uh, it does uh, MIDI interface, so you know being able to play um, on like a, a keyboard and have that tracked or a drum pad or something like that, and then you can ch- play with the sounds after the fact. Um, you know, th- it does those things extremely well, and, and a lot of people are starting to use it for 
kind of uh, the newer the newer age music with, that's not just all recorded. Some of it's programmed, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you have Ableton Live, which is a, a totally different beast. Um, that's something that I've started using in doing uh, my producing. That's what we use, right? Uh, the other day? Yep, yeah, yep. We used yeah. Ableton Live the other day, too. So um, Ableton Live's workflow is a little different. Um, it takes a while to kind of understand it, but once you do, um, a lot of people use it to create beats or um, – you know, just come up with ideas or write music. Uh, the f- the workflow is more singer songwriter, um, or, or creating beats or, or really creating things than the other ones are. Yeah. Um, and so you can get things down and, and get ideas down and loop them and have things over the top of it, and you can you can construct a song a heck of a lot faster um, th- than you can with the other ones. But it has its limitations too. It's not. I don't think it's great for mixing. I don't think it's great for mastering. Um, so it depends on the program. Some people use a combination of a different of a few. Uh, there's plenty of free ones out there, or really low priced ones. Yeah. Um, so it just depends. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's a, like <clears throat> when I you know was trying when I was helping Juice with his sound, um, you know which part of it ended up being a, one of the mics, but that's besides the point. You know I went to Best Buy. Now, I, well, actually, yeah. I just happened to be at Best Buy, and I thought, well, we'll go over here and look at, you know, look at all their software and stuff, see what they got going on. You know, I found a multi-track software, you know, that would take up to, uh, I think this one, it was only 50 bucks, and I believe it had up to 10, 10 tracks you could record mm-hmm. at once. Yeah. So, which is more than, I mean, it was more than enough. Sure. I mean, we, we, if we had a full boat, we, we'd be recording uh, six, possibly seven if I had you know the ipad hooked up as a as a soundboard um you know when it comes to you know picking you know like an audio interface you know or just a straight audio interface or like we have with you know the huge mixing board that is total overkill (laughs) but but it's fun to play with yeah so (laughs) that's only knobs knobs and faders are fun are fun it it is they're fun to play with man it makes you feel like you're doing something it does you know every time you turn them you you, you hit them, them sliders up man it just feels like okay it's it's fucking game it's on. time. Yeah. <laughs> but you know you, you don't you don't need this. You don't. You know when we first started, we had a, a simple little uh, what was it eight? Yeah. I think eight track mm-hmm. uh, audio interface. Mm-hmm. It was simple. You know, had, as long as it had gain control, it's all we needed. Sure. And but you know then it it just, it got to the point where we had to have something different because we were just getting too big and having multiple guests on at one time and then having to reach under the table and adjust the gain and try to figure oh, all that's that what shit. you're doing yeah yeah it was up <laughs> underneath the table oh yeah jackass there you go <laughs> but you, you don't need this i mean right. you know plain and simple you don't need this you know really you for 200 bucks mm-hmm. you can get two mics and a little two channel audio interface right and you're good to go Right, you know, you don't need all of this, but it's fun to play with. Sure, well, like and like I said, the key is the A to D converter. So, how you know that's going to be good is getting a reputable company, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 even if you're only wanting two channels, you know, get a good company's two channel board. Right, it's going to be cheaper, um, and you know, you're going to know that they're A to D converters because they're they're A to D converters in their flagship product, and the stuff in their two channel, you know, little small mixer yeah. are probably the same. Yeah. Right, they're not going to recreate the wheel every time because yeah. it's a, it's just lots of algorithms and yeah. and stuff. So, um, so so yeah, I mean, buy from a company that 
you know you see the pros using but just buy their lower end stuff yeah that's what i mean we have the uh, persona studio live yep. 12 personas is a great company yeah. oh AR, uh studio live ar12 they also make the ar24 hell yeah and that is a badass board yeah I remember <laughs> you looking at that. Yeah, awesome. yeah 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 you know, I mean, this is the cheaper version. I mean, this is a five hundred dollar board. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yep. I mean, which is way more than you need for a fucking podcast. True. But we were doing but a lot of fun other things. But uh, the other thing was we were. <laughs> I'm trying to justify it here because I help pay for it. Good luck. <laughs> we were doing other things with it also than just talking into it. So we were trying to. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it helps with nothing that we're doing now other than the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's you, you, but could it's, go, you could go run sound with it if you wanted to. You know? I I could I could I can I can use it in the studio or live. That's why it's called Studio Live. That is it is. It is. Well, a lot I, of a lot of people use those lives and they're and they're great. Yeah, no, no it's a great board. I think why we invested so much money in this was, uh, let's say we didn't know you right, and you came in like, wow, the studio looks great, it looks you know official, and then next thing you know. Oh shit! Board's not working again. Oh, can't, ah, computer crashed again. That was my biggest. I yeah, think it was well, our and, big. That was one thing that drove us insane. Like we're not fucking dealing with that, right? And when we had that first original audio interface, it was an older, <laughs> and we had that was every time problems. It was every single time. I had a phone call every Sunday. Yes, you did because we had to keep we had to keep resetting <laughs> yep. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, there was there. It got to the point where there was like a certain pattern. Where you had to you had to turn the software off, then turn the audio interface off, mm-hmm. and then sometimes you had to turn the software back on, and then the audio interface. Yep. And then sometimes you had to turn the audio interface back on, and then the software back on. It's a ghost in machine. It yeah. was a pain in the dick. So you know, like, but but that but that audio interface had software that had to run as an EQ. Right. While while it was gone, you know, we have uh, we use Adobe Audition from. Well, Adobe. <laughs> From Japan. It's that's our multi-track recorder. Yeah. Well, it has an EQ built into it. Mm-hmm. You know, which is why, which is and before, um, before I get too far into this, before you know, we recorded in GarageBand, mm-hmm. and we had you know the the audio interface that we had, and I didn't like um, how GarageBand boosts the audio, so we could still record multi-track but then i had another software that uh that juice actually uses to record the entire thing in but didn't i would take it track by track into that software edit that track bring it back in there was no boost on the master there was there was nothing but that's mm-hmm. what that's what i was going to say because when we had GarageBand, which is so great but you still had to do so much more than what we're doing oh now. It, w- it would take sure. it would take me about an hour uh, a little over an hour to edit and finalize each, you know, each podcast. Right. You know, after I just spent two, you know, two and a half hours doing a show, right. uh, you prepping and doing a show, you know, and there was another hour and a half on top of that editing, you know, and then, you know, we got into uh, audition and I can do it all in there and it takes me about 20 minutes to finish. Sure. To finish out a podcast, you know, but, you know, having, having the EQ, having an EQ, to where you can gain stage, which we'll get into that in a second, is, is, is having that EQ is probably one of the most important things that I have. You know, or I mean, I would, you know, anybody I would say that you mm-hmm. record sound is to have that EQ because you can tell what your sound's going to be ahead of time instead of like Juice, how he records in. I hate to say I pick on Juice, but he's the only one I know that uses a single track. <laughs> Sorry, Juice. Um, Lots of people do. Though, he doesn't right? have he doesn't have that ability, so he has no control over his sound. 
you know, and and to me, oh, to going me, in, you mean? Yeah, going okay. in. To me, I couldn't handle that. Yeah, you know, and with with this, you know, we'll talk about compressors and mm-hmm. and hard limiters and shit here in a minute, <laughs> but you know, having it all right here, it records, and then I can stay on the same damn page, mm-hmm. edit that dude, finalize it, send it out, right, and it's good to go. But you gotta have you gotta have a multi track. Mm-hmm. And you know, going back to you know, you don't need you don't have to have logic. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I mean, unless you plan on well, logic is logic is uh, reasonable now. It's only like two hundred yeah, bucks. It's, I think. Yeah, it's cheap. Yeah, we we had already started paying for this when I yeah. found that out, <laughs> or we'd have I mean, Adobe Audition is good too. I mean, yeah. uh, you just have to look at what you're what you're trying to accomplish and and figure out you know where you're gonna land in the realm, right? So, yeah. GarageBand is built to be a consumer record stuff right yeah like it comes free with a mac most of the time now um you know it's it's for you know anybody to just go in and say hey i can record stuff too and try to record something so it it, it works like you guys said it's a good program uh it's a great program actually I've, I've written on it quite a bit um but you can't get in there and really you know precision edit stuff yeah yeah right? was... it's not it's not built to do that it's not it's not a professional or a prosumer even um you know daw yeah no i mean it's it, it i mean it is it is a good, it is a good program but mm-hmm. I, but as far as you know really going in and editing and boosting your sound and, sure. and you know making shit sound right it, it's it's very difficult to do that because there it's like it's like you get it's like you you can edit up to a certain point but there's a fine very fine line <laughs> that you get in that program to where if you go over it it sounds like yep. shit if you go under it it sounds like shit right and you know when you, when you hit that line that's when you say okay now i need a different program yeah and that's <laughs> and that's more or less what happened to us you right. know but of course at that point in time i didn't know nearly you know what i know now is you know like how we edit on this thing but sure um but yeah i mean it it, it, it is a good program if you have if you have a mac and you don't want to pay for uh, software like we do then yeah definitely use it it's mm-hmm. it can definitely it can definitely get you there um but you know going back to you know getting sound into the board mm-hmm. or getting it in, in, into the computer you know there you have to have a starting point and you know a lot of times you listen to podcasts and uh, you'll hear the uh, you'll hear somebody get loud and you know more or less what they're doing is they're clipping that mic's capabilities and so you'll kind of hear a kind of a kind of sound and you know how you get rid of that is gain staging mm-hmm. and you want to explain gain staging and, and uh, <laughs> how much time on, do we on. have let's put it this way uh do it in the simplest matter <laughs> which you sure. think you yeah, can, where so, people are still going to understand it right so so the the key is this right so you have a signal flow um and your signal flow your path um you know is is the most important thing and understanding what that path is and understanding each step of the way is the way gain staging works right so like aaron said or ap said you can call me Aaron. Uh, am I allowed to do that? <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, so, um, I mean, your microphone is is your first part, right? So, it, if if you're if you're recording vocals, um, your microphone is the is the is you know the front line. So, you do not want to clip your microphone. You want to know your microphone and understand you know uh, how many what they call SPLs um, it can take, and that's that's how much power, or how much you know it can take. So when I do that, it makes a big sound. You've got uh, things done pretty well so that didn't clip the microphone but a lot of times that will um, and that's why you use like pop guards and things like that is because P's or uh, T's or what they call plosives 
um, will absolutely destroy a mic. Yeah. Um, or, or at least the sound it, it puts out, right? So, um, so understanding the microphone, understanding how to to use it, and and putting some pop guards up and things like that should solve a little bit of that. Um, but each microphone's different. It's only going to take so many, uh, you know, so so much power behind it or so much wind. Um, so then moving from that, then the next thing you go usually is into a soundboard or you can go into a lot of outboard to get uh, equipment, but we won't get into that. Um, so, but the outboard or the board, um, when you go into that, you want to make sure that you've got your gain knob so that you're getting, um, enough signal, but not so much signal that if I decide to yell at the top of my lungs, it's going to clip that board. Right. Um, and the interesting thing is, so in the analog world, which so far we, we we're only talking the analog world, um, the clipping is 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 distor- is like analog distortion. So you think of a guitar amp, right? When you plug a guitar amp in and you crank it, and you hit that chord and it starts kind of feeding back a little bit, that's analog distortion, which sounds for the most part pleasing. Now, granted, it doesn't sound great on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you have a guitar or you're wanting that effect, um, analog distortion is okay. It's harmonic distortion is what they call it. So um, so that that's usually okay. When you get in the digital world, if you go over zero even a little bit, it's digital clipping, which sounds like ass. Yeah. And you never want to do it ever. <laughs> yeah. Ever. Yeah. There's never a reason where you're like, oh, that, we should see if we could clip that. It sounds No, it's never going to sound good. <laughs> yeah. So... <clears throat> so once you move from the board, you want to make sure that, like I said, you have a, a signal, but it could never cross that threshold of, you know, even if I decide to yell or something, you know, something falls off the wall in here, it won't cross the threshold of being over zero. Right? Yeah. So then you move on to your computer and the same kind of thing, uh, you know, plays. You want to make sure that, like you said, uh, kind of the magic number is negative 12 to negative 16 dB. Um, that's usually your your sweet spot for recording things. Um, you don't want to even get near zero, like I said, because you're in the digital realm at that point, right? So you want to be in the negative 12 to negative 16 range. Um, and so you're targeting for that using you know uh, your input on your computer uh, going into that um, sound card. So And then the same kind of thing applies moving out, right? So uh, you don't want to crank the mains, uh, or the main slider on your uh, digital audio workstation on your computer all the way up because when it comes out the speakers it's going to sound like crap yeah right so uh, now that it's in the digital world you like I said you never want to clip it so at that point then it comes back out of you know your your audio interface and there's the opposite thing happens it's a digital to audio or a d to a converter um, that converts that back to analog sound in order to go out of speakers or headphones or whatever you have um, so at that point, you want to make sure you're below zero. Now, granted, uh, typically when you look at like mastering and you look at, um, you know, di- like music that's out there right now, um, there's the idea of the loudness wars, and we won't get totally into this, but uh, just touching on it, the loudness wars is, you know, if I hear my song on the radio or I'm trying to produce a song that's going to be played on the radio, I want it to be as loud as everybody else's stuff, or actually louder than what's on the radio. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So the way you can do that is is by using compression and limiters, kind of the things you were talking about, so that you're creating a a boundary or a wall at zero dB, which is above it sounds like crap, right? But below it sounds great. Um, you're creating that wall, and you're you're getting all of all of uh, your content to be as close to that wall as possible. Now it starts st- sounding smashed and sounding ridiculous, but the, it's perceived louder it sounds louder the, the more you can smash that so that everything's at that zero yeah 
So uh, there's a lot of tracks out there you can hear on the radio that sound like ah the entire time, right? And yeah. it's because of the fact that they've squashed it and it sounds absolutely like crap. There's no dynamics. There's no ups and downs. It's just you know. Yeah. Metals, metal yeah. does a lot of that, right? Just <laughs> yeah. metal in your face at all uh-huh. times, and yeah, uh, I mean that genre is kind of built to do that. But it's meant to be played at eleven. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean that's the thing is like it's you know you want it to be as loud as everything else, but at the same time you want the content to you don't want it to be, uh, you know, especially singer songwriter wise, you want it to be heartfelt. You want to have those dynamics because that's what makes a good song, quite yeah. honestly. Um, so, is that? explaining it with not, not going into too much detail well I don't, I don't know i'm trying to think i guess i guess how you know like he's he, you know you said you know that 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 sweet spot you know is between negative negative 12 and negative 16 right mm-hmm. so you know for people who don't have a clue about you know recording sound what that means is how we how we achieve that is by having somebody do a mic check and you adjust you got to pull your eq up Take your gain knob and adjust it until it comes up to either negative sixteen or negative twelve. We we do negative twelve. Seems mm-hmm. what works best for us. That's how you achieve that. That is gain staging in a simple, <laughs> right? A, a, a simple explanation, I guess. Right. Um. You know, and then once you know, once it once you have that, you know, you record, and you know, show's done. You're moving into a little more post. Um. I, I guess I guess to go back to kind of something that happened beforehand, and you know we were checking out some music which we'll play here towards the end. Um, I was getting some some feedback, mm-hmm. um, some hiss, and what what I had done always before, uh, mainly because I, I just didn't understand. I didn't I didn't realize it was a problem uh, until today. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. But uh, you know we record. We have a channel set up that records. You know everything you're hearing that is played off the internet all comes into its own channel. You know, played through another uh, another mixer, which then feeds in feeds into the big mixer. Uh, mainly because the big mixer uh, doesn't have in it what we needed in it, and didn't know it when we bought it. <clears throat> Even though I argued with personas for two weeks over it. Uh, so, anyways, <laughs> we have a, we have another mixer. Um, Great company, by the way. Yeah. Oh, actually, excellent products. We just you know. We didn't know. We were dumb. <laughs> it's our fault, not theirs. Um, you know, when we play stuff through YouTube, you know, I'd always um, turn the volume on YouTube way down mm-hmm. and then, you know, got my gain to where it needed to be. You know, as far as that negative, I usually shoot for about negative 18, negative 15 on it, um, which now it's lower than that because what I, what what I didn't know what I needed to do was turn the volume all the way up on YouTube, turn the gain all the way down, and then adjust it slowly up to where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And which I didn't know that, so that was just another part of gain staging that you know if that's something you're going to do, make sure you do that. You won't get the hiss that we were having. Right. So, <clears throat> moving on. <laughs> well, so so to explain that a little bit, right? Um, again, signal path, right? So. YouTube uh, has a volume slider on the the player, right? So that's your that's your, the first thing. That's what's creating sound, right? So the where it's going to sound the best, I mean, is is all the way up. So you want to try to go, you know, all the way with it, um, so that then when your next stage, which is your computer volume, you know, you're listening to it through speakers or whatever, or your computer's internal speaker, you use that as where you want to 
you know listen to it at so you can move it down if you're moving the youtube youtube volume slider all the way up so um kind of the same thing goes with an acoustic guitar acoustic guitars that have uh you know electronics in them you want to have those all the way turned up because that's where you're going to get the best quality of sound yeah right um, but then your next, but your gain staging because of the fact that your next stage, you're you're controlling that slider. So in your in your case, right, like we talked, YouTube was all the way up. Your computer volume we're controlling uh, most of the time to be you know kind of three fourths or whatever up, and then we're using the gain knob on the board itself that's that it's coming into to make sure that we're hitting around you know negative eighteen to negative twenty. And the reason being is because so you guys can talk over the over yeah. it right yep. um and and then the combination of those two is still hitting your negative 12 to 16 db sweet spot yeah yep yep so <clears throat> you know that that's that's you know that's more or less getting your sound into the computer because if you know and I, i've said this before that i've shut off podcasts because it sounds like shit yeah like i'm, I'm not <laughs> yeah there are there are thousands of of podcasts out and out there and if i'm I'm not going to listen to one if it has shitty sound i can find another one that's going to cover pretty much the same information that you know that you do but their sound may sound better so i'm going to obviously going to go listen to that one you know don't you you know and and everybody that i've talked to you know that, that that's came to me i've said you have to have good sound if you don't people will not listen to it they're going to shut it off the only people that are going to listen to it is your family <laughs> because right. they want you know they want to support you so they'll you know they'll listen to it but yeah family ain't going to pay the bills <laughs> no. true no they're not at all so you know once you get it into you know your multi-track recording software um you know shows over you know then then it's time to edit you know and this is this is where we get into you know compressors and and hard limiters and stuff um you know when when we when you first came down and we really sat down to try to figure out what was going to give us the best sound mm-hmm. you know you, you, audition has and i'm sure i know logic does too has mm-hmm. all these different settings and different plugins plugins yeah. and stuff that you yeah. can put on you know each individual track uh to really boost that audio to where it sounds like what you're hearing right now and you know we, we this we don't just put out what we're recording right now it gets edited it gets boosted it to get the sound that we have mm-hmm. you know so you know I, I think as far as we go i don't even know if i don't think i can pull it up now but um you know the first i think the first thing that no nah, i can't pull it up um you know the first thing that we put on i believe was a compressor Mm-hmm. Right, either EQ or yeah, no, it was yeah. EQ. Yep. It was EQ. First thing we put on was an EQ. You know, so what? <laughs> we've already talked about having one EQ. Now we just put another EQ on it. Why? Why did we put that EQ on there? Well, I mean, so you can really break down. You know, all the plugins. There's millions of plugins out there, right? You can break them down into five or six categories, right? So EQ is 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 probably used. Uh, I would say almost on every track. I mean, even in the even in the, the you know the song industry. Um, you know, but but also in podcasts, and really, what that is is, is your frequency range. So, um, obviously, you know, bass, the frequency range, as, as you guys probably know, on your car stereo, you can turn the bass or the treble up or the mids or whatever. So, an EQ um, in the audio industry looks a little bit uh, bigger than that, right? You can you can adjust and, and fine tune a lot more things. Um, but the e- the key to EQing is 
you know, boosting. So they tell you that, uh, you know, cut things that don't make sense. Um, so for instance, uh, most of the time, even in vocals, right, the lower end of your EQ, you're going to want to cut. You're going to want to cut out all of the rumble and all the, the crap. And we're not making a rap album, right? Uh, yeah. We're talking. So yeah. uh, you want to cut out the low frequencies because that takes up a ton of your stereo's power. Okay. Right? That's where a lot of the power is at. Yeah. So if you're not using it, and, and even in, even you know creating a song, your kick drum and your bass guitar are the only two things you should live down there. Everything else you should cut out the low end of because they don't they don't operate down there. They're going to have a lot of weird hum and hiss and crap that you don't need and uh it just muddies the water yeah um so then on the other side of the the thing i mean obviously you got your mids and there's a lot of uh things that happen in the mids and most of the vocals are in your middle range there but depending on you know um whether you're in the kind of the lower the high part of the mids um you can you can drive uh differences in voice so um you cut what you don't like. So if there's a, a frequency in your voice or something that, uh, you know, is tinny or somebody has a lisp or something, right, you can pull down or notch that EQ uh, in that area or that frequency range in order to kind of make that go away or, okay. or make it less noticeable. Yeah. Um, and then the high end of the EQ is, or the super high end of the EQ is kind of airy, right? So use it in vocals a lot of the time or, or talking. It kind of adds it kind of adds air and, and breath to um, the overall mix. Yeah. So that's that's usually and, and so like you said, you do it on you EQ a lot of places, right? You EQ every track. Um, you've got an EQ on your board going into the computer. You put an EQ on the channel inside the computer, and you most likely have an EQ on your master, which will uh, you know do different things in order to for the whole thing to sound good. Yeah. So EQs are used pretty much all the time uh, on everything. Um, and, and so you, like I said, you cut what you don't want, uh, you boost to make it sound different, um, for the most part. So, uh, you can boost things. It, obviously if it's not there, you can't boost it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you can, you can boost and, and get more bass out of something or more, more air out of something. Yeah. The, uh, you know, I guess next, <laughs> you know, we always, you know, always put an eq first of course we have we have a you know a preset that now right. we now where i just have to make one click and I, it puts everything on there that i need right um and you know next you know we go into you know compressors mm-hmm. you know uh, and if i remember right compressor makes it everything go from the high to low and kind of makes it about the same the peaks and valleys uh, right? yeah yeah for the most part so uh so i'll touch on one thing you you said so um you said always put an EQ first, and and it. This is this is a we could get into a lot of arguments, and all engineers would do it differently. But the way I use EQs is I say uh, if if you're doing something surgical, um, meaning you're taking the lows out or you're taking a frequency out that you hate or something like that, put the EQ first and then do your compression. If it's just a uh, an EQ to make everything kind of fit better or sound better, then I put it after the compressor. But uh, so from a compression perspective, that's the, you know, the second one of the, of the five or six, um, compression, like you said, it really takes the peaks and valleys. Uh, so the low, uh, low volume and high volume and kind of squashes it together. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's built to, um, the way it works from a mindset perspective, this may be too much detail, but, um, the way you set up a compressor is once, uh, the volume gets above a certain DB, right. A certain decibel then for every 
one decibel. So if you put like a ratio to five to one, for every five dB, it's only going to have one dB of output, right? So, yeah. so what that's saying is, once you get it to a certain, once you get up to a certain range, uh, from a loudness perspective, then it starts squashing everything so that so that it doesn't move up too too much farther. Okay. So, gotcha. so a limiter is is essentially a compressor where the where the ratio is all the way up. Yeah. And so that they call it a brick wall limiter, but essentially it means for every infinity it only goes up by 1 dB or it goes up 0 dB. And so it smashes everything below it so that you never have any clipping above it, right? Yeah, okay. So what a compressor does, though, from a listener's ear is a lot of different things. So it can make, if you compress across an entire track, it can make everything sound more glued together, right? Because everything's operating kind of in the same, uh, you know, same area. Yeah. Um it also, if you do, if you compress too much, you can hear kind of a pumping and breathing. Uh, everything's just going. That means you're compressing too much most of the time. Either that, or either that, or you're making a making, making a, a porno. Yeah, either that, or you're making a porno or a uh, or a club which, track. Which you want that? Then or you, a club you want track? That. You, you, know, you want to be able to feel every time he goes in. That's right. <laughs> so, 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 but the other thing you get is you get, you get, can possibly get your sound floor raised. And what I mean by that is, um, the, the, the idea of it is making the quiet parts louder so that it, it mixes with the rest of the track. Um, but if you have hiss or something down in the sound floor that you really can't hear too much of, when you compress it, you're going to hear more of it. Yeah. Because you're bringing that up so that it's louder in volume yeah what how do you how do you uh how do you feel about uh noise reduction because i know i know like when we first started that was you know of course we didn't have we had these mics but we didn't have this studio right you know and so it was like that was a, a big problem was i always heard noise sure so i was going in trying to cut out noise and mm-hmm. cut it out here and it really affected the track itself yeah and you know which that kind of goes back <clears throat> to you know garage band not being a very good program <laughs> and their noise reduction is fucking horrible right but you know it, that it really all noise reductions pretty horrible yeah i mean well, there's some out there but that are decent but then then that you know that's when we brought in you know we treated the studio mm-hmm. and you know got rid of all that sure so we didn't have to use it because it sounded like shit right <laughs> it, was, it so, was horrible yeah so you, you hit the nail on the head there noise reduction and noise reduction software is a last ditch effort it is if you really have to use it use it if you're having to use noise if you're going in saying this is noisy we're going to have to use noise stuff in post then you need to fix whatever's causing the noise to begin with right that needs to be your primary objective the noise so for instance, a lot of people use noise reduction and, and there's like I said there's some decent programs out there that are super expensive but it's usually when somebody gets a track that, you know, uh, it was recorded off like an album or something like that, right? So you think of like, you know, Kanye or Jay-Z where they grab a sample off of some disc, piece of vinyl they found somewhere. Yeah. It's got clicks and pops and crap all over it, right? Well, they can't get the, the actual representation of the music anywhere. So they have to try to figure out how to go in and, and make it usable. Yeah. And so they go in and, and, and do it that way. Or you have like a, a mixing engineer, a mastering engineer that gets a track from this band out of Lord knows where that recorded probably at their house, and they're paying them you know two thousand dollars to master a track, and they listen to it and they go, "This sounds like shit." <laughs> so they're like, "Well, we're gonna have to use noise reduction here, uh-huh. right? Because I'm not. I'll take the two thousand dollars, right?" So yeah. it's it's 
it's like I said, it's a last ditch effort. If you're going down that path, you know, go back to the beginning and try to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah. Now, what about like, cause I know, you know, like when we first started, like I was, I was normalizing mm-hmm. using normalize and I know you were like, you want to be careful with, with doing that. Now right. what, like, how does that, like, how does it, like, what does that actually do to a track? Uh, so normalization actually takes, so kind of like compression squashes everything. Normalization goes and analyzes the entire track, finds the highest point in the track, and makes it zero. Okay. Digital zero. Okay. So it takes everything and moves it up by the same amount. Yeah. So you have to be super careful with it because it may not sound great. You're going to raise the noise floor for sure. So if you had noise underneath, it's going to just, the hiss is going to be louder. Yeah. Um, I would much rather use compression and because it's more of a smart way to do it yeah. than just using using normalization. Normalization, huh? So, you know, once and once, you know, we get you know, and, and that's that's really that's all I put. I put an EQ and a um can't compressor. remember what I can't remember what kind of compressor I put on there on this one. Yeah, there's a million different kinds yeah, of compressors. Are different, yeah. They work different. Really, ways. and 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 all this and, and he Ryan's told me this a bunch. You know, the majority of uh the uh, well, crap computer just went blank on me. Hold on, let me put in a password. <laughs> Stupid thing. You know, you really just need to experiment. Yeah, I mean that's all. It's all. I mean, all sound engineering is is experimenting and finding really is. finding your way, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, don't take what I'm saying and go do it and think that it's going to work for you. It might. Right, you know, but you know, our ours is set up for our room mm-hmm. and how the sound gets recorded. So you know, but you know, we we throw an EQ on, we throw a compressor on, and you know, once once you do that, then I go into raising you know the volume on each individual track, mm-hmm. correct? And you know, and I I go from you know. A negative 12 is where it goes in. Once I put the EQ and the compressor on, it actually raises the sound a little more. Mm-hmm. And then when I finalize each track, I'm only hitting it like negative at negative three. Right. And then so then we move into the master. Right. What what affects everything? Mm-hmm. And you know we we put a hard limiter and crap. Now I can't think of what the other one is that we put on there. It's probably an EQ on there as well. I think it is, but it's a different. Mm-hmm. Um, it was For a different time. type of EQ, um, but you know, it's what does you know? Like we talked, we talked about earlier about um, you know at the eight one two farms episode where I was still after I'd gain stage, which was more or less maxing out the gain. Um, each track was, still wasn't loud enough, and I couldn't even raise the volume up to get it loud enough. Sure. So I added a hard limiter on each track, and you were like, "Well, that's not really the way you want to do that." Sure, you know. So what what does that? How does that hard limiter affect that track to where you know if you do raise it too much, it does sound like shit. Right, and, and like I said, a hard limiter is essentially a compressor on eleven, right? Yeah. Um. So again. E- what you're doing is you're bringing every you're squashing everything up into the highest or up into the highest volume you can without going over zero yeah. right so because of that if you've got something that's super low um you know and this is where kind of normalization does make sense right is being able to take all of that and there's there, there's all kinds of plugins 
um, usually uh, for free inside every single DAW called like gain or utility or whatever, where you can take the just take a you know without using the slider. Like to say you've topped out the slider and you can't <laughs> go any higher. Yeah. Uh, this this gain plugin will allow you to to bring it up even more. Um, I mean, granted, if you're bringing it up that much, you're probably bringing up a lot of hiss and stuff that you've yeah. got going on. But uh, needless to say, if you go in, if you, if you were to, if it's way down and it's not near loud enough, um, going in and putting a, a limiter in there and trying to squash it all to the ceiling is probably going to sound a lot worse than if you just took the track. You probably want a, a combination of both, but if you just took the track and brought all of the volume up, even more till you hit in that range like we talked you know the 12 to 16 yeah or negative 12 to 16 and then at that point then you compress it or limit it okay yeah i mean it's there you know there's there's a we could do this for days (laughs) yeah (laughs) trust episodes when we when i when i really started getting into learning how to record our sound properly um there would be two phone calls that happened (laughs) the first one I would call Ryan and be like, okay, well, why is this doing this and how do I fix it? Well, then he would go into very detailed, um, <laughs> a very detailed explanation of why it's doing it in the first place um, and then how to fix it, but in terms uh, that are more like chemistry um, <laughs> than anything. And so I would, I would sit there and go, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Kind of like what I've done today. Um, and then uh, would wait about three days, and I would call him again and be like, okay, now can you explain this again? And then I would understand it. So it it, it, it is complicated, but it's not. I mean, you know, I mean, to do to do what, you know, Ryan does and recording, you know, artists and, you know, multiple instruments is is way harder to do <laughs> than a podcast. That's true. <laughs> but a, a podcast is really it's really not that hard to, you know, to learn to put, you know, to fix your sound. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it does, you know, it does go in, you know, kind of somewhat, I guess, you know, when it, it comes to learning about compressors and, and, you know, hard limiters and EQs and, and, you know, all this stuff. But I mean, like you've heard, you know, us today talk, you know, we really don't do that much extra, you know, to make it sound the way it does, you know, and, and the whole reason that I even, you know, got obsessed with sound was because whenever I would turn the podcast on in the car, <laughs> and I would turn the volume up. It you could have it all the way up, and you still not. It, it the, was loud enough. Well, it wouldn't. The volume wouldn't raise the way the volume on the knob I thought should raise. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I could listen to like Rogan's podcast, and I would turn it up, and it would. You know, you could see the little bars on your radio go up, and the volume would kind of correlate with that. Ours didn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so then I was like, okay, we got to fix that. That pisses me off. And so that's all your low end junk. You didn't EQ out. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I really got obsessed with it. And that's, you know, that's kind of why ours sounds the way it does. Now you can reach down and grab your little volume and you can turn it up. Now, now turn it back down right. <laughs> and it matches. Yep. <clears throat> but all that goes into gain staging and EQs and compressors and hard limiters. And I know this is probably boring for people that don't want to <laughs> learn how to do audio engineering. Right. But I had a lot of people contact me and I figured out this would be the best way for them to learn. At least give you a starting point. Sure. And so it's... <clears throat> 
I mean, and like you said, it's experimentation. I mean, that's, exactly. that's that's the key to it, right? There's there's rules, but the rules are meant to be broken, and and everything in the audio engineering world is that way. Um, I mean, you look at uh, you know, anecdotally here, you look at like the Beatles, um, and it, you know, say what you want about the Beatles, people like them, people don't like them, but um, in the audio engineering world, everyone everyone realizes that the Beatles were the fathers of modern recording. Um, I mean, what they did and how they and how they created sounds and how they recorded things totally changed the face of recording. Um, you know, back in the days before the Beatles, everything was a bunch of dudes wearing, you know, white lab coats, putting microphones at ex- exact distance away from a speaker. Um, so because they were all, it was all, you know, equipment that was very expensive and they didn't want to blow microphones away. Right. Yeah. So uh, everything was, was scripted and it was, you know, had to be this certain, uh, certain distance and had to be this certain way. Um, and so the Beatles, once they started getting big, uh, you know, went into EMI and said, you know, we're going to do this our own way. And so um, they worked with several engineers. One of the, one of the primary ones was uh, Jeff Emmerich. And he, he was able to just do whatever he wanted to do. And so they just gave him free reign in the studio, said, you know, at that point, Beatles had tons of money. We don't care if you destroy equipment, just pay for it, you know, those kinds of things. So yeah. uh, they just tried all kinds of shit out. Uh, you know, some say they created feedback. Uh, you know, uh, Lennon left his guitar backwards against an amplifier at one point, and they went out to lunch, and then they come back, and they hear, and it's like, <laughs> oh, they invented feedback. So they started re- you know, recording it, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's those kinds of things. Uh, and and uh, Jeff Emmerich, there's a there's a book out there called uh, Jeff Emmerich's My Life Recording the Beatles, which is a, a biography. Um, I remember who it was written by. but Well, I wonder how long it took to come up with that name. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably the first day. Um, <laughs> but the, the book's brilliant, uh, especially if you, if you like this sort of thing. But, uh, you know, he talks about the fact that every single time, you know, the Beatles came in, they challenged him with something that he had no idea how to do, and he had to try to, you know, think on his feet and do it. Um, Lennon, for instance, hates his voice, always hated his voice. Um, if you listen to any track where Lennon's singing, he's got tons of effects on it because he never liked just his raw voice. Yeah. So he would come in and, and say, hey, we're going to work on this new song I got, uh, and I want to sound like the Dalai Lama sitting on top of a mountain. <laughs> and Emmerich had to figure out what the fuck he was going to do, right? Like, yeah. I have no idea what the, how to make that sound like that. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, he there was... It's an amazing book. He talks about, uh, you know, one of the things he talks about is Yellow Submarine. That you know, uh, the whole track sounds like the vocals are underwater. Uh, that's because they were. Um, so Jeff actually brought in a huge aquarium, um, took a, a microphone and put a condom on it and stuck it down in the water. And then the Beatles actually stuck their head in the water to sing the track, um, which is nuts, right? It's, yeah. a, it's a really cool story that no, you know, that like yeah. no one except for people that's read this book knows. Um, but obviously, like we talked a little bit earlier, uh, you know, it was a condenser microphone and it needed forty-eight volts, so he could have killed the entire Beatles that day, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and he didn't think about that till later because yeah. he was just thinking on his feet. Yeah. So you know, try things, experiment. You know, come up with new ways to do things. It may, uh, you know, just just try to get it to sound good to your ear yeah and i mean and, and that's all that's all we did you know what i mean mm-hmm. i mean more or less i mean ryan came in and and really i just gave you bumper lanes yeah yeah and you did <laughs> i mean and we and you know and what we have what what i use now is close to the same 
of what we you know originally had kind of came up with it's just i just changed a few things around because i thought they sounded better to me right you know i mean that somebody you know obviously somebody probably hates the way we sound you know probably doesn't listen anymore right but i mean for the most part i mean there's still a lot of people listening so it can't be that bad sure um but you know like i said experiment do you know nothing set in stone don't you don't have to use what we use you know it's 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 kind of what what you think sounds good and what's you know, I feel like as long as your mics ain't clipping and there's not a bunch of noise or kids screaming in the background like they were today, <laughs> uh, you'll be all right. <laughs> it's probably my bad. No, 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 I guarantee it's my bad. <laughs> I could hear my youngest one slamming doors the entire time. But no, man, I, I we'll, we'll get this wrapped up. We've been in here quite a, a long time. Holy shit. I didn't realize how long we've been in here. <clears throat> it's been a while. Yeah. But anyway... Um, but no, man. Thanks for coming in. I hope absolutely. You know, I hope people you know that stayed and listened the whole time and you know are into, <laughs> they fell asleep. Yeah. Well, they you know hopefully hopefully you got some good information. BJ you, fell asleep. I saw that <laughs> at one point. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you got any questions, you the know, window got cold. I did get cold in here. I was surprised. I think that's what happens. I got cold, and all of a sudden, I was uh, I was looking up the the list of best selling albums of all time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Michael Jackson Thriller's up there still. It's not number one anymore, though. It is number one. Is it number one? Okay. Do you know what number two is? I was shocked by this, actually. Uh, Beyonce. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best album of all time. (laughs) We really can't. When do you think we could stop counting albums, though? What do you think was 98, 97, when everybody started pirating music? Yeah, probably about that. Well, it's all about the single now, too. I mean, yeah. the albums aren't albums. Anymore. Nobody listens to an album straight through well, anymore. I, I just remember it was weird as uh, we used to go by cassette singles all the time because mm-hmm. we wanted that one song or whatever. Number two is ACDC, Back in Black, 1980. Wow. Oh, damn. This was, well, this is what's called 40 million copies or more sold. Um, claim sales, Michael Jackson Thriller, 66 mm-hmm. million. Sure. ACDC, Back in Black, which is a class, that's one of my favorite, 50 million. Uh, Peak side, the dark side of the moon. I have that. That's forty-five million. Meatloaf, bat out of hell. I don't have that. That's forty-three million. I know what it is. Uh, the bo- <laughs> the bodyguard is forty-two million. Really? Mm-hmm. I had this one too. The Eagles' greatest, their greatest hit, nah. seventy-one to seventy-five, forty-two million. I just hate the Eagles, man. Uh, <laughs> Bee Gees, um, forty million. In Fleetwood Mac, rumors, forty million. That's a great album. Yeah, and then the oldest, I think the newest one that I see on this list, I see one from 96, 97. These, the next category is 30 to 39 millions old. Shania Twain, 1997, come on over. Mm-hmm. Ain't that the one with Feel Like a Woman on it? Oh, yeah, that my dad sings at the top of his lungs in his car. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> dude Driving took, down the road. I'm pretty sure dudes <laughs> took that song over. I mean, they really <sighs> that's a, that's did. A, yeah. yeah, they did. Uh, 97, 96. 2011 Adele 31 million. Hmm. Uh 2000 for 21 or the first one. Uh this Eight. is for, this is for 30 to 39 million. No, I mean it was the name of Adele's album. 21. 21, okay. Mm-hmm. See what I was thinking was trying to see what the oldest ones was and that's or the newest ones 2011, then you have a 2000 The Beatles which the album was one. Yeah. Um that's not fair though. That was like a greatest hits album of all their stuff. You know, those two discs. You know, the funny was Ab- Abbey Road um, sold thirty million. Nice. And then just to go to show you that how far 
Pink Floyd, Nirvana. I mean, there's just so much. It's all this is all rock, and that's. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the funny part. Uh, no, 2002, Nora Jones, Come Away with Me, and what sold 27 million. Good lord, I'm shocked by that. Grease soundtrack only sold 28 million. I thought it'd be higher. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah my favorite band to talk about, ABBA. <laughs> yeah, Dancing Queen. <laughs> oh shit, that's a jam. Uh, uh, yeah, when you, when I at work, you know, we have those big stereos or whatever. Yeah. It's like so when new people start and after we close, that's the song I put on just to freak them out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. It's an awkward song. You come yeah. up with a, you come out with a bare midriff shirt and yeah. do the whole thing or what? No, I just yeah, we just go shirts off, pants <laughs> off. Fair enough. And the other hey, one pants is off, dance off. Yeah, that's right. Adele 2015 album was 25, sold 20 million. Good lord. She's the only one that's on here. Hello. Twice. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I did see a bumper sticker at one point. It was awesome. It said, uh, I, I'm Adele's ex-boyfriend. You're welcome. <laughs> I was like, that bumper sticker is badass. <laughs> yeah, her and Taylor Swift. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, man, like I said, thanks for coming in. Yeah, it was awesome. If anybody uh, has any questions, feel free to email us. Uh, I'll get, if I can't answer them, which I probably won't be able to, I'll hit Ryan up and I'll, I'll send you an answer back. There you go. <clears throat> no, uh, we do have a we, yeah. We're on, we got a song to go out to. Nope. Thanks for coming in. We will uh, uh, get this. When does this come out? This comes out on the shit. So it's actually. I don't know. It's not the. Fi- it's not. It's going to be. What is today? <laughs> Today is the fourteenth, so this will come out a week from today. Yep. All right. Well, all right. Well, don't forget uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, it's at Smugcast Show. Uh, you can follow BJ. It's at the BJ Robbins. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at the Aaron Powell. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Smugcast. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram it's at smugcast underscore. Uh, if you got any of those questions you'd like to send in, uh, you can hit us up at, at or smugcastshow at gmail.com. Uh, also, big shout out to uh, Ranger Nutrition. Uh, don't forget you can go to their website, rangernutrition.com. Use promo code smugcast. You're going to get 15% off at checkout. Uh, also, My Easy Company, uh, go to their website, myeasycode.com. Uh, use promo code SMUGCASH, and you're going to get 10% off at checkout. Uh, also, big shout-out to Repo Records. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. They uh, they make us sound like we do. They, they, taught us how to, they taught us about sound, and it makes me sound beautiful and sexy. It makes all the bitches love me. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I'm not that good. <laughs> A big thank you to them. Uh, and uh, we are going out to what is your yeah this is a shameless plug I guess this is uh, this is actually my band um, where did the you, you, oh there it is there it goes oh, this here? yeah so this is uh, a track off of our album that hasn't been released yet so this is our second album uh, which I don't know if it'll ever be released so this oh. is about as released as it gets I guess alright uh, but yeah this was recorded in my studio uh, fully and uh, yeah Awesome. Hope you enjoy. It's called Oh Mama. All right. Until next week, kids. Stay Stay smug.
past it's hard to settle down Cut the string and I'm running mad all over town Got a heart bleeding, watch for the spray Gonna waste away dreaming about my better days Can't feel a thing, don't wanna do it all I keep dreaming, will you catch me if I fall? Oh yes you will Flown high on love when it's racing round Oh, right. 